I think it's um, it, the world we're living in right now is is uh, in many ways a mess. <laughs> uh, so it's about respecting uh, each other and and uh, respecting um, the planet. And uh, it's a very pretentious <laughs> thing to say, but if if we were able to tell um, a story that that was entertaining and and sort of good looking in a in a visual way and, mm. and, and uh, you know, exciting and all that, but also have this kind of message uh, the, of importance of, of living in, in harmony with, with each other. And uh, even if we're not always uh, sort of look the same or <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we, we're still a species on this planet. So it has that message for sure. Uh, can we live, if there were, sort for example, uh, creatures from the forest as we have in, in Jorskot. Could humans live among them or together with them? Or would we sort of, uh, you know, kill them and, and hunt them down? <laughs> and uh, I, the, the, the sad answer is probably we, we would uh, uh, we would not live in harmony together with yeah. them because yeah. uh, there, there's so, so many strange behaviors that we have as human beings. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and one is to conquer, conquer the other ones. <laughs> Yeah. Suppress them and kill them. So, uh, yeah, that, that's one, um, one message I, I would like to, to, uh, bring to the audience. Hello. <laughs> I'm going to start it with a hello. Um, this is a very special edition of Underneath Silverhood. Uh, <laughs> you are starting it like that. I am starting it like that. <laughs> I'm, uh, it's, it's a completely different version of the normal episode run through. Um, so, uh, hi and welcome. You, that was just then talking, uh, Henrik. Uh, he was just telling us a little bit more about the series. If you'd have stayed listening to the final episode of our podcast, uh, the review of episode 10, um, you would have heard that little Easter egg at the end there. It just gives it a really good, interesting summary of the show. Uh, for one more final last final 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 time um at least for the series i'm daniel perry and i am joined by james meyer james jameson he is <laughs> we have survived one more week uh you have survived one more week thanks so much for uh sticking with us for one extra uh podcast um we wanted to fit this in because i think you know we've got we got so many goddamn interviews with people it was unbelievably cool um we had just lots and lots of really cool stuff from people um people you guys hadn't actually heard from yet as well so we wanted to kind of compile that all together into the kind of big special um delicious uh edition of the podcast um which will kind of be uh listening well you'll be listening to it now on your devices um that's the lovely um James, how are you feeling now that you know that it's starting to wind down? You know the series has, has ended. This yeah. is the you know the we're on the other side of things now. We're... Yeah, it's it's odd sitting here without any direct episode to review. Yep. Although I have listened to some of the interviews that are coming up, and whilst as you say, they are, I imagine there'll be a bit of a mismatch of all the different people. There are some some of the guys that we were talking to last week, the yeah. um, cinematographer. Exactly. Which, oh, yeah. which of course some um, the the people listening won't have heard. Yeah. Like yeah. I said. Of course, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And some of these are actually really interesting to listen back to now that the series is gone. Yes. Um particularly because some of the earlier interviews which I did hear little bits of which you wouldn't play me because I hadn't seen all of it. Of course. Um some of the things that they allude to now make sense if you see what I mean. So exactly. That, yeah, I'm I'm quite excited by this one. There's um so so this is really for you know, I think what we've been trying to do the whole time, you know, this podcast was uh and is a, a kind of 
um, just a, a place for fans of the show to really kind of go and get, you know, a real in-depth look of, of you know, what the show's all about. You know, obviously, you know, we, we talk about a lot of theories and we get a few interviews with people. But I think, you know, one of the things we've really found out about this show, and hopefully you have as well when, when watching it, is there are so many different layers and, and elements to this show that is just mind-boggling. I mean, we could do... I think another 20 podcasts just on the various elements that we haven't even discussed yet. I think speaking to these guys for these final interviews, we suddenly realized that there's so many. I mean, we only talked about a small handful of little yeah. events and things that went on. And, you know, you suddenly find that this world that, that um, you know, Henrik and the Palladium um, team who, who work on the show um, have built is just astronomical. And, and I think, you know, if you've just watched the, the show once and you've just watched it all the way through, um, I think this is a really good reference point to really start going back and understanding certain parts. Yeah. And it's an enjoyable series. And again, I've watched it numerous times because obviously I've had to, you know, interview various people to kind of get everything together. So I've watched the series now. I think I was counting this up um, probably about 15 times an episode. You're joking. In total. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've, I've probably of those times, I would say four of them I've watched solidly all the way through the rest I've been kind of skipping forward yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's very weird God, for me crazy. oh it's it <laughs> blows my mind in regards to how much time I've watched this show um so what we're going to do today, guys, is we're going to, um, James and I are going to talk about just the series uh, as a whole. We probably won't be talking as much as we usually do, which some of you will have, uh, hopefully, sigh, um, uh, uh, some, a sigh of relief there, um, <laughs> realizing that we won't um, talk for ages. But we'll go through uh, all of these interviews and... Um, uh, and after that, we will talk, and in between, we'll actually start off in a minute um, trying to go through our kind of top 10 what-the-fuck moments, um, which I think will spread out throughout the show. Nice. Um, which would be quite nice. Yeah. So, um, uh, to, to explain, so the interviews we've got, um, we've got eight interviews today, so, and, and they're, they're quite long, so we're going to try and throw them all out there. Um, we have got, um, first up, we will have um, uh, Henrik uh, who plays um, um, Nicholas. Nicholas in the show, of course. Uh, we've got Leah, who plays Yerda. Um, we have um, Richard, who plays Tom. Um, we have a guy called Lars, who you guys won't know, who works as one of the editors on the show. Um, he is on Twitter at Sir Shaker, or Sir underscore Shaker. Um, he was the, uh, the the proud sponsor of one of our podcasts through Virtuous Vodka, everybody. Enjoy virtuously. Enjoy, enjoy virtuously. <laughs> uh, we also have um, uh, Philip, of course, uh, Philip Hammerstrom, the producer. Uh, we also have um, Pele, who is the cinematographer. Very interesting interview with him. We have, of course, Moa, who plays Eva. And finally, we have Henrik, who uh, um, um, is the creator and, and lord of all things with regards to Yord Scott. <laughs> so for fans of the show, it's a really interesting insight into all of those kind of things. Um, so uh, what we'll do now is, is I think we'll just cut straight to a, the first interview with Henrik. Cool. Um, who, uh, Henrik Knudsen, who plays um, Nicholas. Um, and he can give you a bit of an insight in regards to, you know, really what we asked everybody was, you know, what special moments there were for the, sh you know, the show overall, any kind of standout scenes, you know, anything that really kind of, you know, stood out to them overall and really the, their feelings now coming off the back of, you know, 10 episodes of filming this. And really the whole process all together. Um, so the first interview we're going to cut to now is uh, Henrik, who, who played Nicholas. Um, and uh, yeah, here we go. Um, so looking back at the, you know, the whole series, um, 
you know, it, it's obviously been a, a, an incredible journey for, for Nicholas through through this series. Um, what is that kind of key thing that you want people to remember about about Nicholas? You know, now, now at the end of this series. Uh, well, I think, um, uh, or I hope that uh, people remember will remember Nicholas as someone who did everything that he everything he did was for the good cause, and uh, that is only goal really was to have a family and everyone to everyone to be happy that's uh, that's what i'm hoping for <laughs> um and what was your you know your favorite scene you know that you you know watching the series back and um you know whether it there was a very you know maybe it was two separate scenes that you enjoyed watching and and seeing or you know uh separate to ones that you were actually a part of whilst you were filming yeah well um I was uh, very happy to see uh, happy <laughs> happy to see the scene between Happy and uh, Richard when they yeah that interrogation scene where he gets the uh, the pen in the pen in the neck pen in the neck <laughs> exactly that was so that was so much uh, what is what's uh, that encapsulates George Scott's I think mm. the reality versus the unnatural and. Uh, uh, the acting is great in that, I think, and uh, yeah, that was a favorite scene to watch. And uh, my own scenes, I think, obviously the ones with Leah at the end, they were really emotional. And uh, with Moa, when she tells me everything, that mm-hmm. was a, a lot of things, uh, a lot of information to uh, to hear for Nicholas, yeah. I think, and try to <laughs> accept and uh, and. Uh, the work with uh, Jörn and Peter is also that was also fun when the the interrogation scene with Jörn in the mm. first uh, uh, some, uh, I think it was the third or fourth I think it says third. yeah I think it's second or third episode I think it, yeah. yeah 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 when you actually uh, meet Nicholas uh, more you can who is this guy and uh, uh, you can see the both his strength and his sensitive mm sensitiveness in that scene and uh, that was fun to shoot that scene well thanks so much henrik um i think you know as we're wrapping up the the final podcast here um thank you so much for for you know being part of the show and, and bringing nicholas to the world and and thanks so much for your time speaking to us as well oh thank you thank you <laughs> so there you go that's Henrik talking a little bit more um, about his um, role as Nicholas in the show um, which is a very uh, interesting insight I think you know one of the things for me I, I found over the season and I don't know how you felt about this James but I know towards the end you were feeling very different about Nicholas yeah I, I, I really particularly because it, you know um, um, uh, Henrik is, is such a um, incredibly intelligent and very um, well spoken, so soft, softly spoken, and, and, articulate guy, and, yeah. and you know really kind of puts his point across quite well. And I think, in particularly uh, the interview with Henrik, but also the interview you're going to hear in a second with Leah as well. I think the points they make here about um, the effect and, and something I've talked about a little bit here and there on um, uh, on the podcast previously is this idea of the commentary they make on institutions and mental health, mm-hmm. um, which I think, you know, this show talks a lot about the environment. It talks a lot about um, industry. It talks a lot about family. You know, there's, there's, there's an intricate part that, you know, of the show that's there. But I think the fact that all the way through they managed to make points 
and not really stand on it, you know, a, a soapbox about it, and not really kind of get to a point of feeling like they're kind of yeah, never preaching. preaches, yeah. And and I think you know, I mean, you could look at it, you know, it's slightly cliche to sit there and go, oh, these mental institutions just lock everyone up and understand it in this kind of old one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of way. <laughs> but I, I think one of the things they do really well with this show is that this is a modern institution or representation of a modern institution um, in in Sweden. But you know, we really have that that issue everywhere. I think the fact that you know in between all of the multiple layers of this show we get to have a you know a real a discussion or at least for some people a discussion of how you know modern day society all over the world treats people with mental health issues and i think it's one of the kind of one of those taboos that you know if it's someone you don't quite understand if it's someone that you in quotation marks think is weird or someone that doesn't necessarily fit within the realm of what you call again in quotation marks normal um it's it they, they become dangerous and i think you know we've seen that with the nicholas character yeah. that you know we were introduced to this guy and i think that's the With great blood thing all blood all over him because yeah. he, he, you set that up that this guy you know is slightly different he is very sensitive that's you know one of the things that, that henrik mentions is is a very sensitive character so therefore you know our own um you know feelings are actually kind of drawn out you know that that even if you don't have those kind of prejudices they're bought out through this series and then as the series progresses you realize that you're you're no different than the doctors there you know that they they want to lock him up and obviously they think that he can't be controlled and the drugs don't work and all these kind of things and i just think it's a really amazing thing that that, that henrik um uh, brought to that role with nicholas yeah it's great as well listening to um, particularly the, the Henrik um, conversation there because his character is one that we actually discuss quite a lot on the pod. Mm-hmm. And it's there's one sort of aspect where we can sort of go, yeah, there are a few bits there which I think came across in his performance that he said he was aiming for. Mm. And I hope if he does listen, of course he's listening to this, Oh, sure. um, that he does pick up on some of that because it must be quite nice as an actor as well yeah. to hear an audience picking up on some of the bits that you were driving at. Exactly. You see what I mean? So. Yeah. And, it's, and I think it's also great, and, and this is a great opportunity for fans of the show to hear the actors and the people involved and, and some things that may have, have kind of slightly gone under the radar, really, in regards to mm. what they were hoping to achieve um, with their own performances. Um, so, what the fuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you see that? That was a segue. A nice um, segue there, yeah. So, this has been uh, an incredible thing for us because we didn't realise, well, kind of realised, but not really at the time, that every single episode was going to have a what the fuck moment. Um, I actually criticised Daniel for this as an idea because, because we thought we'd run out. There won't be a yeah. what the fuck moment. We're going to end up snatching at sort of grasping at straws oh, it, it, that so, man, somebody falls out of a car and we're going <laughs> <laughs> that man pointed a gun at something um, but you know in episode one um, and I wish I had the time and patience uh, and energy to just edit you know all of the original episodes that we did into the what the fuck moments but I'm definitely not going to do that that would take you too that would just ridiculous no 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 but, um, but <laughs> what we're going to do is we're quickly going to run down um, uh, the what the fuck moments but just in order of when they came so just as a reminder and then uh, James and I are going to start to talk about uh, what we think our kind of our top 10 is yeah um so the first episode was, uh, of course, the incredible scene we've got at the very final episode, the real standout scene that really changed everything, uh, which was Josephine with her fingers in the plant pots that changed everything. I yeah. think that was the, the first what the fuck. It was fantastic. Um, the second was um, the, the kind of 
Yordscott-esque face um, of Eva's father. Oh, in the dream um, sequence. In the dream yeah, sequence, yeah, yeah. which was um, a real what-the-fuck moment. I That was yeah. horrible. A uh, lot of these even now. My first, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe my vocabulary is just too vulgar, but um, my immediate... Reaction is to sort of go, what the fuck? Episode three, which was the one that James really kind of wriggled and and, and kind of slid away from. You were very freaked out by this. Don't know what he's talking about. This was the white floating body uh, that touched uh, one of my favourite characters in the show's (laughs) uh, feet. Um, uh, Girl number two, um, as she freaks. Uh, James was very scared and and freaked out by this idea of... I'm not not ashamed to admit... I, I said at the time that I would surf the corpse. Yes. I would surf the body. Yeah. Because um, I'm that tough. Um, episode four was, of course, uh, the, the introduction of the porridge man, um, and uh, <laughs> which was quite good. So um, uh, that was the unzipping of the body bag and, and the gloop coming out. It was quite cool. Yeah. Uh, number five, five was the death of Olaf and, and the white swimming things, the white fish things. And it would, uh, which you knew about all now, uh, uh, six, we've got the freak out of Esme when uh, Tom sticks that pencil, is it pencil or a pen, yep. in his neck. Um, uh, episode seven is obviously Eva getting the Yordscot, uh, which is quite cool. And uh, number number eight is uh, Esme having another freak out with, with Vass. Uh, that was when all she's breaking all the lights and, yeah. you know, thinks she's going to kill someone. I still think that was bizarre from Vass. If he knows what she's going to do, I know. don't scare the shit out of her. Why not get a like, tranquilizer gun? Yeah, shoot her, and then when she comes around, just just explain what's yeah, going on. Don't exactly. meet her in a darkened park and then slam a load of floodlights on. That's crazy. Uh, num- episode nine is the shooting of Vass or the shooting of Storm, however you wanted to look at it. That was a, a big moment. And also the death of that uh, weird fucking rat or whatever Fly it was. Uh, episode <laughs> 10, of course, uh, which we, we went back and forth of whether it was a what the fuck moment, but it was the return of Josephine to nature, uh, episode 10. Yeah. So um, those are kind of the 10 what the fuck moments. Um, we are going to go to our next interview, which was with uh, Leah, uh, Leah Boyson, who plays uh, Yerda in the show. Um, and uh, we, when we come back, we'll start to debate this in regard this. I'm sure this is going to drag on for ever um, in regards to what, what, what these are so uh, this is an interview with Leah who plays Yerda talking a little bit more about um, the, the you know how Yord Scott was for her and her experiences um, particularly wrapping up those kind of final few episodes um, on, on the set you know, if you if you're looking back, you know now, obviously, you know, with the series, um, uh, you know, you finished the series. You know, what would be the key thing that you would want people to remember about her? I think her her really big struggle with the institutes, how hmm. they handle people with mental problems, how they don't treat them like people. I'm, I'm generalizing. Hmm. <laughs> generalizing. But, I mean, her big struggle is that they are not treating her son and other people like individual human beings. Mm -hmm. And referring to my grandmother's um, brother, who I grew up with and saw, I mean, how badly treated he was and how they couldn't actually see him as an individual. He was like a package Mm -hmm. that you just put a lot of medication in so they disappeared. So I think that's the the main, except for, I mean, struggling for her son, it's just the fight against accept the human beings for who they are, the individual. So looking back, you know, at at the series, and and I think you, you know, you probably just answered that question of, 
you know, really being your 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 favourite scene. Um, you know, watching the series back was that part that do you think that institution scene with, with the Doctor was your favourite? You know, scene to be a part of. Um. Uh, no, I just like the the the. I mean, the struggle she's having there. How how is she gonna? I mean, there's no, no possible way. He's just saying no. There's no way you're getting him out. <laughs> and how, what do you do in that situation? You mm. stand there and you're desperate to get your son out, and he's just like a wall. But yeah, that was an interesting. I mean, I I think this show is really important in a lot of ways. I mean, with the with the whole destroying our earth with the. Uh, the struggle of parents' love and with the institution thing, institutions just using usually one way of handling things, not being that open for alternative methods. Uh, I think that's uh, that's when I said the thing about starting to see people as individuals. Mm. I mean, it's very much, even if you go in therapy, people are putting all these letters on you or people you are this and this and this and this mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, instead of who is this human being individual mm. i mean i think that's a bit scary even just going to ordinary therapy yeah it's um i think it's a strange you have to put yeah yeah you're putting everybody into boxes this is this this is this this is this leah there who plays yerda talking a little bit more um, um, about the role and uh, you know the, the series as a whole and what that meant to her and again her reiterating those points we just made about the um, um, you know the institutions and the representation they have uh, in the show um, so Yerda was a very interesting character I thought you know something that you know uh, for me I think the change in her character in episode was it eight the fact that you know everyone's yeah. changed you know every, every we talked a lot in the podcasts about how every single character has some sort of change in their kind of overall appearance or you know styles or whatever yeah, it might general be general demeanor uh, and and suddenly you know the one you know constant in all of this was was Yerda really you know nothing really had affected her you know just this ongoing thing about um you know with, with her son Nicholas and you suddenly realise that she's behind the whole thing, really. You know yeah. that, that that her character is the reason why children have been taken. It's the reason why um, you know a lot of the issues of, of, of blowing up stuff and finding the silver and everything happened. So um, she was a very complex character, and I think by the end of it, I actually understood her motivations completely. Very similar to Eva's character, mm. um, you know, with the questionable decisions that she mm. makes. Um, you know, all the way through. I think they did a really good job of even Storm and even, um, well, not Nicholas's father, but um, yeah, who we th- well, who we thought um, Gustav uh, Borian, yeah, yeah. Gustav, yeah. Um, all of the characters and, and certainly Yerda by the end we can include in this, and maybe to the to a similar degree, Eva just about when she had a bit of a wobble with Emma. Um, what they what they've done with all of these characters is, um, do you remember we were talking about um, the anime stuff, the Ghibli, yeah, and the idea of not not portraying an one hundred percent good guy, one hundred percent bad guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with nature and the same thing with Yord Scott. We see yeah. it used for good and bad and all of yeah. this, and we never have a concrete bad guy. I don't think because even Storm, we find yeah. when we do find out a bit more about the family, mm-hmm. and we know that there's something dark there, and there's even a bit of understanding from Vass when he explains. Um, yeah, we don't ever get a hundred percent bad guy. Uh, it's and kind Yerda of like was... kind of like wrestling. 
<laughs> Whereas, on. you know, wrestling, you know, in the 80s and early 90s was all about good guys and bad guys. Yeah. And then in the late 90s to kind of modern day, everything's really about these kind of anti-heroes and there's no never really clearly a good guy and a bad guy. You know, really, it's like the good guys, the traditional kind of really good, are oh, they doing things for the greater good? Mm. They're the ones that get booed now because they're all too clean they're a and bit good. Too you know, boring, whereas yeah. the kind of the bad guys who are kind of a bit meaner and a bit kind of tougher, yeah. they're the ones that get <clears throat> cheered. So it's kind of, um, I like to take your very classy, arty, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of um, metaphor yeah. and, and apply the everyday uh, um, uh, kind of level of professional wrestling. Nice, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, as long as, you know, both metaphors work and as long as they, they both chime. I just uh, think the, the, the listening audience would probably understand. Would probably be more interested in that in, than in wrestling. Sort of art yeah. based culture. They're idiots, aren't they, really? Forgive, forgive my high culture yeah. uh, audience. The, we've, I hope we've done it. The listeners are just all idiots, aren't they? All of them, yeah. All of them. All, all of them. them. Um, especially you, Bane. <laughs> no, we're just kidding with you. We, we love you, Bane. Um, we should, so, do, we should do a thanks a thanks. We will. Section, we'll, we'll do that towards this. the end yeah. uh, of, of a big thanks to all our, our Twitter followers. I didn't want to bore you all to start with. It just means you can stay with us to hear your shout-outs at the end. Oh, that's clever, actually. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that Keep clever? <laughs> so, uh, the top ten what-the-fuck moments. Um, right. So we us start we've, with ten. We, we, we've had a bit of a discussion on this. Um, I think we're in agreement on, I think, the first two. Do you mean After the, top, that, the, the top two? Or? No, no, ten and nine, I think okay. we're in agreement. After that, it starts to become extremely um, debatable. Um, so, number ten, um, we are going to put um, Esme's kind of light, kind of freak out with Vass. Yeah. Um, again, great scene, don't get me wrong. Yes. But when you have, you know, other... Free, total what the fuck moments like you know well like the rest of the list it's very <laughs> difficult to kind of sit there and say whereas this is the second time we've seen Esme yeah uh, I think become... the only reason that this slips down the list is because the f- because we've seen it happen once before exactly I'd like to uh, sort of retrospectively I wonder if we could pretend that this is a what the fuck moment right not, now not necessarily yet. <laughs> No, no. Uh, not necessarily that it's Esme's freak out that we're saying what the fuck to, but it's Vass's handling of the situation. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he, he cocks that up. He does. Um, and also the fact that we thought Vass might nearly die as well. There is that. But I am clutching at straws. I think I think that should be number 10. Okay. So I think, I think I'm with you on that. agreed on that. What did you have down as number nine? Uh, so number nine, I've gone with, um, and, and again, you can debate this if you want, um, is... I've got Olaf's death. At number nine. At number nine. Nope. But are you not are you not in agreement with that? No, definitely not. I I think that Olaf's death should be higher than that for two reasons. One is that we see in fact no three reasons actually, because in that sequence yep. we see the two evil henchmen. Yes. One of which is one of the Palladium guys actually, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. Johan. So, so we see that we see the power of Vass's organisation, that yes. there are literally, oh shit, suited yep. henchmen can just go and kill people. Yeah. Number two, um the white circling things. Yeah. Which seems to no fish, fish him. Cre- the fish, white fish creatures. The white fish creatures that yep. were the same creatures all the way through, remember? Um, don't remember that yeah they, no we talked about the evolution of them nope. um, so the white fish creature things that we saw in the jar and also at full grown man stage yep. um, circling almost mournfully I yep. think we can say that so eating there was him. that connect, con- no, they weren't eating him no I, you said that at the time and I still disagree and thirdly the fact that Olaf actually 
bloody died. Mm-hmm. And I, Olof was one of my. He was the old sage. He, he okay. knew what he was doing. So you can't. I don't think you can have that. So what? Number. What would you put as number nine? What would be your? I would say number nine should be of the ones on this list. I'm going to say. I'm going to say the face in the dream in the dream sequence in episode two. Because now I'm not saying that because it's now this is harsh. Okay. Because, but let's let's bear in mind that these are all a high standard of what the fuck. Absolutely. Because they're in the top ten. Okay. But I do feel a bit cheeky putting anything in at ten or nine anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put the face in because it was. I, I think what a we, dream. Yeah. And so it, as well as raising questions like, oh shit, what's going on? Yeah. You had the caveat of yeah, it's it, in a dream. It's in a dream. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Okay. That's okay. I will. Uh, I will back out on that point then. Wow. Um, so I know I'm. I'm really tired. Um, <laughs> so so that we're, we're putting the face, and I, I think that that again, it's not to say that these are the worst. It's just there are others that are just a shitload better. Yeah. I think that's uh, <laughs> that's how it is. Unfortunately, um, you know that face sequence. I think when we when you first see that. Um, really is a, like because that is obviously the one that follows you know episode one. So mm. there's a kind of a, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Um, great. Okay. Well, we've got those two down. That's that's good. Uh, we are now jumping over to our third interview, uh, which is with uh, Richard Fushgren. 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 Yeah. Um, who plays Tom in in the show? Uh, Richard is, is was one of our first interviewees. Um, who did a, a lot of um, talking with us in regards to the various episodes. And um, uh, he spoke a little bit more about that, again, that final wrap-up and his experiences on the show. So we're going to cut to Rich's interview now. Looking back at, at those, um, you know, the, that whole series, um, you know, what are your favourite kind of, you know, scenes or what do you think are the, are the scenes that, that really kind of stand out for, for, for not just for yourself but also for the Tom character as well? Well, it wasn't a fight with with Buzz, at least, I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> awesome. But, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, like I said at the beginning, the, the whole journey was, was very inspiring and interesting for me as an actor to, to do. Uh, but it, it is a journey. It, it's uh, The character develops in, in, in a very um, strange way. So, but I can't really point out certain scenes. Uh, I like I like I, I like the interrogation scenes actually. Mm. You've seen you've seen those for so many years, and, and the crime series and, and movies. And now I was one of the interrogators, the police officers. Mm. So, so mm. I, I tried to. I think they they were interesting to, to to do all of them. Yeah. With the Yuhi Yuhi Yu and uh, with the with Happy Uncle Esmeralda. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. So, so I can't. can't can't point point out certain scenes. I'm afraid. Uh, no, it, it it was a long. I think a long journey to kind of pull out of, of all the great scenes that he's been in as well. So yeah, and, um, and I, I don't know what I'm thinking about this, but some of the of the of the scene in the hospital from episode seven, I think we actually were were, were shooting the first week. So I <laughs> I had no idea. Tom, he was one of your favourites from the start. Yes, I think I was partly buoyed by the fact that you called him boring so early that I yep. felt like I had to jump to his defence. Um, I did like that he, at different points, seemed to... I felt that he was the closest that we had throughout to a character that we could latch on to. Yeah. Um, Eva, obviously, is the main character, but there were points where we found ourselves having to really sort of be like, oh, yeah, but I would do that as well if... Whereas Tom, in his sort of 
bewilderment, mm-hmm. in his confusion and his naivety. Yeah. I think we shared that throughout. Um, when we first meet Tom, he's a sort of he's not quite a stuttering, but he's he's obviously less confident. And yeah. immediately, you as an audience latch on somebody like that. By the time we got to the stage where Vass, who I do love, mm-hmm. was just toying with him like oh tom where, what tape what, what, what do you what mean in the jacket oh, oh do you think oh do it's you another think, tape situation you think isn't you it? put something in that filing cabinet and i just oh do you my think are you, are you are you on drugs that was tom is are you on the drugs you're on crack that was and also um possibly one of my favorite moments in the entire series is when he is on on crack and yep. he breaks out of the hospital and he just comes oh. staggering in hey, hey i'm fine i'm good Hey, cool. let me throw. And then he the... just treats Victoria like shit. Oh, gra- poor Victoria. <laughs> we, she, should, we shouldn't laugh at, but he grabs her up and throws her. And then, like the next sentence is like, "Victoria, can you get that tape for me, please?" Yeah, shit. Vi- Victoria, Victoria, where is it? Where's the Where's the fucking tape? Victoria and Tom's relationship all the way through is is quite incredible. But I think that's a fair point. I think you know, uh, you know, Henrik mentioned that in one of the earlier episodes about you know Tom really being the the you know, the character we see the world through, you know, he's very yeah, he's much, our perspective he's character. the guy grounded in reality who gets dragged into this world of, of absurdity. But also the point you just made there, which I think was something that really kind of hit home with me um, when we we're doing the review um, uh, last week was, you know, looking back at this whole series, uh, you know, one of the things I thought was so interesting was, you know, Eva uh, or, or, you know, Moa playing Eva in this is very much seen as, you know, the central character that, mm. that runs through. However, really, when you look at it after a kind of episode two through to kind of episode seven or eight, it's very much a, a cross the board. Everyone is the main character, you know, it's, yeah. and not and not taking anything away from, you know, Moa's performance or the Eva character in any way. It's just there seems to be a, a, a very collaborative, you know, there's even, you know, one episode where Eva's kind of hardly in it at all. You know, you're very much focused on, you know, Vass or Gustav or Yerda or yeah. Nicholas. Mm. And, and I think that also speaks kind of volumes to the the confidence the film you know that the filmmakers have in the fact that they're building this this world and they feel the confidence that the story carries itself through yeah. without having to kind of focus completely all the time on on either yeah agree. Um, so it's kind of quite quite good there so um so yes that was uh, richard uh thanks once again richard for for uh, helping us out on that uh the next two okay can we put olaf's death as number eight what else have we got on the list? Oh, well, well at look at the, that list. I mean, that's that's a there's a no, lot of no, no. Uh, I I I liked Olaf. I like. I tell you what, I like in a in a TV series or even a film. I yeah. like having an, a wizened a wizened old the, uh, character that yeah. that seems to know what's going. I like having. I find it reassuring. A, a or, Gandalf, a Dumbledore, uh, an Olaf. I like having that character. I, I think it's also, and again, not not detrimental to that scene whatsoever. I think it's just when we look at that list in regards to the other things that come up. Yeah, it's very. Some difficult. of them are more openly what the fuck. Yeah, this yeah, was yeah. More I mean, to be honest, let's, let's face facts. Our, our what the fuck moment is a very broad term for. It can be. Could be anything. We've never really. really. Have you in your interviews ever actually properly explained it to um, Henrik or to? Finn? I have, and the way I've said it is, it's a. <laughs> it's a sense of. I was going to say uh, um, just idiotic to kind of say this, but I usually say it's a scene that quite literally makes you go, "What the fuck?" That's probably the explanation. I think that. No, I think that's a good explanation. It's probably the only. I suppose on those grounds, 
it wasn't so much a what the fuck. It was a bit more of a sort of disappointment. Yeah, all right. Okay, fine. Okay, okay, you can have him in there. So with regards to that scene, so one of the things I want to pull up on, on Olaf's death is he is is sat um, feeding these creatures. So so let's just talk about Olaf because we didn't, we didn't, you know, we can go back now and, and look at some of these points with the context of knowing the whole series. Yeah. So um, the white kind of fish creatures, obviously he knows of them. Yeah. And as you can see earlier when, you know, he speaks to Vass mm-hmm. and Vass denies because that's another thing, you know, we never had to add to Vass's list of horrible things that he did, but mm. he denied in public yeah. his um, thing, which obviously led to his death. So Vass was obviously part of his um, his murder. Hang on, um, get out no, of no, no, no. So, uh, so, but but let's look at this one thing. So Olaf knew about at least the creatures in the water. So it made me think he knew a little bit more. But the thing I always found this was quite interesting was when he was speaking with Eva and Eva was bringing him, you know, things to kind of look at or things to understand, bits of paper mm. or whatever it might be. Olaf never said to her, oh, the reason you're, you know, because early on Olaf says that thing about, you know, it, it's the, the the forest is against you or some forest against your family, whatever yeah. it might be. He never says, oh, by the way, there's weird fish creatures in the in, in the water. There's a fucking, you know, guy that's that's been born out of some people that got murdered. That he, you know, he seems to know some things, but not all. Or he's choosing not to tell her, which makes you kind of think, well, why was he doing that? Because the other thing as well, it seems to me that when he is at the um, kind of pier to be murdered um, in front of the the fishes, um, he seems to know that it's going to happen as well. So he also seems to be aware of that organisation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? All of those things. What do you think of all of those things I've just said? Um, it's annoying because I sort of want to disagree with them. I don't know why, Just maybe just purely because you're saying that. Yeah. But... I'm I'm sort of grasping a a logical reason for him to be withholding it. Vass withholds information because he's told to by his bosses. That makes sense. He's trying to, you know, the whole point of the organisation is to keep it quiet and not to bring it into the public's domain. I can't really find a reason for him withholding the information. But I mean, I think think maybe he's just nervous about Eva's safety because he knew that Eva was going to go turbo. Possibly, possibly. But I think the key thing is, is that there is that awareness that I think. Once he probably comes out of that police station, he's been shamed in that kind of like press conference that he kind of realises that, wait a minute, Vass is probably working for those guys. I'm probably not long for this planet. And that's why he got in a sense, you know, when he goes to the pier, it seems like he knows that that's his final moments. You know, he doesn't resist. He doesn't run away. He just kind of goes, yep shoot me in the back of the head so i think he's aware of that organization i think that's something at least to 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 keep in mind okay maybe yeah um number seven we both agree on which is good uh this is the the white floating body or what can officially be called a white porridge man yes this can be called a white porridge man (laughs) or in in pre-porridge form um uh (laughs) Which was, um, yeah, which obviously led on to Vass cutting off the, the limbs and head. Yeah. Uh, which we think is probably to do with the fact of him just covering up, again, just as part of his job. Research. Um, and and then the, the body turning into this liquid that Vass was contained. So, again, that's, that's one question we can take through uh, to a possible Series 2. Um, is do, that, we have, do we have any news on a Series 2? Do we have anything um, that we can say or anything? There are some 
interviews with Philip and Henrik oh. where they can maybe explain a little bit more. You're being you're being cagey. I am being very cagey. Um, uh, yeah, I mean they they can probably it's probably best to hear it from them than me. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so the the white floating body uh, with the part. So so Vast basically keeps you know that all that stuff in jars. But yeah. what, what's that about? Like, he's, he's kind of, like... Well, he keeps the little red necklace, doesn't he? Yeah. He keeps the tape, and he keeps the... Like, like part of me just thinks that if, if that stuff is purely for... You know, what, why would he keep... You know, if that stuff was to get out of people's hands, so there's no evidence of it... Yeah. Destroy it. Why keep it? It seems like there's something more to keeping something than destroying it. Like, if, you're gonna, if you've got the videotape of Esme's, you know, destruction um, of, of Tom's neck... Mm-hmm. Then why keep that videotape? Why not destroy it so no one can ever see that? Because yeah, it... also, if anyone saw it, then they would immediately be distrustful of Esme. Exactly, it's... and want to kill her. Exactly. Uh, so those are the next two, which is uh, um, very good. Um, we are now going to cut to our next interview. Uh, this is with uh, Lars, um, who uh, you guys um, haven't heard before. So Lars is uh, one of the editors on the show. Um, we caught up with him last week, and luckily James was here as well. James was here, uh, managed to ask um, a few very dickish questions. Um, so <laughs> so, uh, so here is uh, Lars, and um, he can uh, introduce himself and tell you a little a bit more about the editing process uh, they went through on Yord Scott. So just to explain to everyone, um, so Lars, you, um, well, why don't you explain your involvement in the show? Probably be better for everyone to hear it from yourself. Yes, I, uh, I was part of the edit- editorial team um, uh, consisting of me and three other guys during the, during the show. So you're, you're, you would be an insightful mind in regards to the process. Because I think, you know, one of the things we've realized while, you know, when speaking to everybody, uh, particularly, you know, cast and crew, um, you know, there seems to be, you know, a, a unified feeling that this was, you know, a great project in, you know, from the get-go. And obviously getting to know Henrik and, and Philip and Moa and everybody, you know, as uh, the last few months, you know, they have mentioned a lot about this feeling of like, you know, having a very much a family feeling and everyone feeling very positive and, and uh, quite passionate about the project. Was that so far, so far for you as well? Oh, definitely. The whole editorial team felt like a, a team. Um, we, we, uh, we worked together instead of having one person uh, being the lead editor. We all, chipped in with uh with taking scenes from different editor uh different episodes and uh and then one of us uh eventually sat with henrik uh all through the uh, last uh, kind of um approval process to make sure that all the the changes and all the feedback was listened to from investors and from the uh, uh psa uh, network here in sweden uh, uh, the swedish television and uh, but all the way up until that point, we're all chipping in and and uh, making this, trying to make the episodes as good as they possibly could be. And and was was it a great experience for you guys with regards to you know you, you obviously being brought into this project um, you know quite early on and understanding this world that that you know this universe that Henrik is um, you know obviously built for you know Silverhood and 
and this Yord Scott kind of phenomena he's done. Um, that must have been a really great moment for you guys being a part of that kind of creative process and, you know, in a sense, helping Henrik build that world. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he, Scott. he had a very, very, um, very clear picture of what he wanted out of this, uh, out of this project. And, and he had, he was chock full of backstory that he could uh, lay down when we, we started nothing up. Where are we going to take this show? Where are we going to take these story arcs? And so on and so forth. And he, he always had, well, I have, you know, this, backstory for this person this has happened uh 30 years ago 50 years ago 150 years ago uh and so there was all there was a wealth of of knowledge when he was in the edit room and we built on that knowledge in trying to make the best story arcs that we could out of these for these characters and what and so for for, for you looking back at this project now and and you know it's been an incredible, uh, you know, uh, shown and obviously well received in in uh, in Sweden. Um, what was that like for you guys in regards to you know being you know as being involved in the process and seeing the reaction it got in Sweden, the positive, not only the you know the viewing figures but also the positivity it generated um, overall with the audience. Oh yeah, and the, the we were all very worried, kind of worried because we all knew that that we have a lot of. Uh, Nordic noir coming out of Sweden right now, and there's a lot of crime and and all that stuff. And we we knew that we had something special going on, something that 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 what you have said is that you now you think you know, but you really don't because now we're turning the tables on you again. Hmm. And uh, we were always kind of a little bit worried that we were going to lose a lot of people because of the 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 uh, the tack we took hmm. after around episode, you know, in the end of episode one, and then on fourth and maybe four or five mm. uh, that we were kind of worried that, you know, okay, now people are going to drop off because it's not the regular type of Nordic noir crime. But um, we were really surprised to see that people really stuck with it and, and ex- extremely happy about it, of course. Amazing. And so what for, for, for you, you know, obviously going through the edit of this, um, of this show, and obviously you know, I think, as you mentioned, being involved very early on, were there any mm. kind of real standout moments for you, particularly in, in the edit that kind of came together? Was there a particular scene that for you really came together in the edit, um, probably better than what you thought? Yeah, I, 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 I mentioned uh, one uh, one part was the uh, the operation scene when they're operating on, on uh, the, sur- the surgical removal of the bullet and all that. That part, that whole sequence in the beginning of episode seven, something I'm really, really proud of that I really, really uh, kind of got it right from the beginning but but that's all part of the script that's all part of the the what we were supposed to tell mm. what the 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 one thing that we were i think that we were really most happy about is the the way that we structured the end of episode 10 mm. where uh where when we got the footage back and we started editing um there there was really no tension so um uh, the the whole idea of letting the children uh kind of die in <laughs> in a sense yeah. was was something that we saw that after the first edit that we like we need to do something because the the original edit had uh Yarda uh call up the guy that's pulling the trigger before he actually pulls the trigger and stops the whole thing and it kind of went well uh is that it? <laughs> we, and we said, we have to kill the children. <laughs> the, we have to do something where it feels like these children are gone. Yeah. So that the, the payoff then is when uh, the doors to the van open and the kids come out and you have a very, very 
emotional scene with all the parents meeting up with the children, but you didn't get that unless you thought that the kids were dead. So we, we kind of worked at it and tried to put it together to where you could feel it. And, and thanks, of course, to Arvid at, uh, that did all the visual effects. We just said, this needs to happen. We need to have the roof caving in. And we need to have all this stuff that makes it feel like they're going down. So um, that, was, that was one of the uh, parts that I think that we were most happy with because we had to change so much in making that happen. Yeah. <clears throat> James, yeah, I was just. Uh, first of all, I'm uh, I'm quite excited, <laughs> Lars, because I don't normally get to ask the questions. This is his um, first interview, <laughs> so, so I'm very in, privileged. I'm incredibly nervous. Um, <laughs> one thing I was actually just what you were saying is really interesting. So, just to clarify, before you got hold of the rushes, before you got hold of the, the you know the tapes back, mm. um, originally Yerda just calls, says, "Yeah, don't do it." And then there's no blast. So you actually put the blast in after you shot it. Oh, definitely. We didn't have that. We just had to assume that people got was the fact that we didn't have a finger that pushed the button or pushed the button that made the blast go boom, basically. Yeah. And so when you look at the, the cut back, when you look at the scene back, there is never a finger that pushes the button. We just assume that it happens because we didn't have that because we were supposed to not to push the button. Yeah. So yeah. we had to create kind of the feeling that, yes, it happened. I think that's great. I mean, I think, um, you know, a lot of the other things we've kind of noticed as well is particularly in the edit of, you know, the scenes that I think we mentioned in some of the earlier episodes that kind of come all the way through of these, these kind of cuts between key scenes that kind of show, um, you know, uh, scenes of industry mm. or scenes of the woods or like that. You know, that was a really interesting um, thing that's added in throughout the whole series. What was the kind of thinking behind that, adding that in? Well, uh, when we started uh, getting the material for, because uh, we shot the, this this show in, in three blocks, where the first block of episode was uh, episode two, three, and four. And the second uh, uh, block was episode one, five, six, and seven, and then eight, nine, and ten. And when we got the first uh, material for for episode two, we we noticed that we couldn't stretch the episode. We couldn't get it to length. Mm. And we felt like we needed to tell the story to kind of add something uh, for length, but also for um, kind of mood. Mm. We needed to have a mood in there that we were lacking. Because it, it turned out that we, for some reason, found ourselves going from scene to scene to scene to scene, and it just felt rushed. And we couldn't really have a chance to breathe between the scenes and kind of melt, you know, kind of digest the whole thing. Mm. So we, the the editor, the lead editor on that episode, uh, Anders Lander, he, he created a couple of things that was put in episode two. And that kind of became the... Uh, the form or the format for all the other episodes where we felt like here is the place where we need to go to the woods is what we said. We need to fly away for a little second. We need to get a little breather before we go, before we move on. And uh, the, that kind of became the, the voice of the show, so to speak, that we gave it a chance to breathe. And um, instead of just going, from scene to scene to scene, because there's a lot of that anyway. I mean, there's mm. a lot of things happening all the time. And when you get to episode seven, I mean, that's a episode that's just chock full of 
just things happening. So we needed to have a way, uh, something that's already been planted that we could use when we felt like, oh, it's, it's too, it's too much right now. We have to breathe. So that's why that came about, basically. That's great. I mean, it's really, again, another interesting part to see that the edit being, you know, very much a part of that creative process and, um, you know, which you don't see that often, particularly in, you know, mm. TV where there is that feel of a kind of a collaborative um, uh, kind of feeling amongst the team and, and creatively as well. Um, and it's, in, it's interesting that you used it to pace the show. <clears throat> one of the, one of the oh, most okay. regular criticisms, I think, of TV shows, especially new TV shows, is that they can sometimes feel quite yeah. rushed. The, you know, the, the storytellers are, are, are very keen to get their point across, especially in the first series. Um, and it's, it's brave, isn't it, to actually use a pacing device to actually, like you say, to let things breathe. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, and like I said, it, it first came about as, a, as, as something we had to do because we needed more time. And then it just became a good tool for us to have that we could yeah. use if we needed it or not use if we felt like, oh, let's just push on and have, you know, have things happening. Let's, let's keep the action up. Um, because it, you know, to have kind of a, um, a, a wavy motion through the episode where you take, we, we take the viewer up in tempo and emotion and then let them come down a little bit so that we can recharge them for the next emotional, uh, situation that's coming up because there's so many of them, um, in the episodes. That's amazing. And, and, and so from your side, you know, coming to the kind of the end of the, um, uh, the end of the series and obviously you know you've seen it from Sweden now and you're hearing you know more from every you know all the countries um you know what's it like for you now looking back at this at this project you know kind of in, in quite a while you know ago now but also seeing the success that the show's having knowing everything that's going on to hear the the theories to hear the 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 what is this going where is this going that it's it's kind of it's 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 a lot of fun because a lot of these things we thought of when we edited and when we went through the process, what is, what are people going to think? Yeah, I think they're going to think this. <laughs> and it's kind of given us uh, a feeling of, yes, we were right. And is it at, funny? At, is it funny listening to people guessing? Cause I've, when we first oh, did yes. this show and we had some people on Twitter that were from Sweden that had already seen everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt really stupid when I, <laughs> when I first realized that we were just, sort of guessing and everyone must just know that we we don't have a clue is it is it funny listening to some of these oh it's fantastic and and, <laughs> and, and, and at times it's like well you know it's it's really it's really not a you know the, certain things are really not like maybe maybe we should think about those things so the next yeah. time we're doing something because one of the things that came up towards the end of this like was uh for instance one of the editors said hey what if moons didn't really exist what if Ilva <laughs> is the one yes. that is pulling oh, all this? No for instance, <laughs> and that discussion came up, which was like, "Well, wait a minute!" And everything kind of stopped, and we just thought about it. we we had discussions for about an hour about it. Well, what could we do? Could this really happen? Could we do this? <laughs> what what would we need? What should we should we take this to the next level? Should we do? Should we shoot something? Can we I... get it done? I but then it, we knew, realized that I always that knew Cuba was behind with, it all. <laughs> that that uh, that theory, uh, I really liked. Yeah. I, 
Yes. <laughs> well, as you... long as it never came up in the edit. Hey, <laughs> of course not. There's always season two. You never yes. know. You <laughs> may come back. The return of Cuba. <laughs> um, well, Lars, we'd love to speak to you more. Unfortunately, we've got um, only a short amount of time uh, with you. We're, we're currently we're about to speak to Pele, um, the delightful oh, yes. cinematographer. Who, Excellent. Uh, yes. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't rate him myself. I think he's, a, I think he's an awful man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, but no, thank, thanks so much for for taking the time, uh, Lars, and and um, thanks for kind of the the compliments on the show as well, and and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time and explaining a few things, and of course that was really interesting. Yeah, some yeah. some of those things about the edit, yeah. it's, it's so interesting to hear. Lars, there telling us a little bit more about the editing process and and some of the great scenes that he worked on. I I love speaking to Lars. I think the the interview last week was really enjoyable. Very cool guy to speak to. Just amazing you know hearing that stuff about you know the cut of the explosion on that final episode as well i mean i remember you saying Them that kind of blew your mind so, yeah. yeah it's 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 silly to say now but it's, it is genuinely the kind of thing that you don't think about as an audience member until someone explains it and it is fascinating listening to these little tidbits of um of extras exactly extra stuff which is cool uh, the next two, um, which again, it seems like we've both agreed on this one as well. Hang on, where are we, where are we up to now? Uh, we are on number six. Okay. Um, so I just want to try and... I, I'm, I haven't timed this or calculated this out, but I'm hoping by the time we get to one and two, it'll be near the end of the last interview, but I could be way off. I, mean, I have no <laughs> idea. Um, so number six, uh, we've got the, the shooting of Bass and Storm from episode nine. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, you know, was, it was a big moment, I think, a big shocking moment. I think you said that... I'm that was, not uh, to get into the top five. Yeah, because you weren't here for um, that, that episode, podcast, for right. episode nine. Um, but that was, you know, the big moment was obviously um, uh, Vass... Um, being shooting storm and storm shooting bass and then just before that hit them killing a rag or something like a really muddy dirty rag um <laughs> i have a serious question go on do you see i remember him putting his hand on the ground yes but do we see at the end of episode nine any roots coming out or his hand no. tensing we no. just see his hand going it's down. not till the start of episode 10 that we see him starting to kind so of flex hand, in. So we do, so but we the, do see in episode nine his hand go down, don't we? Well, no, we, he, he's just shot and he's just on the floor. Like he's just his body's he's just lying there. He's not reaching in. He's just he's just oh, like he's like, just, like a body. Oh, okay. So um, but because uh, I, I yeah I genuinely did think I was, in fact I said to you earlier it's it's become fashionable. Well, Game of Thrones has made it fashionable to kill off of course favourite character of course. in the penultimate episode. Yeah, and I was almost primed for that. I was almost yeah. sort of. And you should have been, I think, by the time you get to episode nine, you're just like, well, yeah, that's he's definitely dead. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think that moment was particularly interesting because I think that showdown between the two of them, obviously there's the showdown in episode 10, mm-hmm. um, really brings together, the, the, in a sense, that... Um, that side of the story is two main characters. You know, they're the opposites in a sense. Vass yeah. working for this one kind of... One protecting, one And, and one against. So, um, yeah, very, very good. Um, number five, and this just goes to show the level that we're going in for the final four, is the Porridge Man. Is the Porridge... Oh, the actual Porridge. The actual Porridge are, of the yeah. Porridge Man. And that was a proper it was, what the fuck. It moment. was a huge what the fuck moment, and I think one that that I I remember seeing and actually laughing, not in the sense that it was funny and crap, in the sense that I was like, 
<laughs> like, what is going on? Because, you know, prior to that scene, you do see the, you know, the doctor kind of prodding that horrible chest. It's all gloopy and, oh, and disgusting. Into- yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, going back to the podcast, there's that interview with uh, Philip when he's talking about uh, the influence of the first X-Men film, I think it is. Mm. And then talking about there's that one scene where the one of the senators um, has been given these molecules to turn him more water-based and more soluble and him going through. So I really like that kind of reference, that kind of thing. But I think the, 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 that was the thing for me where I thought I'm really going to enjoy this episode uh, or this season <laughs> for episode four. Um, so uh, Porridge Man, you're all good with that? Uh, yeah, no, I'll give you that. I'm yeah. happy to go along with that. Uh, particularly if you look at those those last four, I think you'll find that that we've got some uh, we've got some big ones coming up here. Yeah, um, uh, I uh, want to know where you put that one. No, we can we'll talk. Go, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it on the we'll next interview. <laughs> um, so the the next interview uh, we are going to. Uh, is to Philip Hammerstrom, um, who, uh, of course, is the producer on the show. Uh, Philip has been um, an absolute trooper for us on the podcast, very much been a, a big fan and also kind of given us the time of day uh, several times to, to interview. I've, I've interviewed with him, I think, four times now. So Philip's been uh, really helpful in, 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 you know, sorting things out. Um, and and personally, I, I think like um, uh, you know a, a good friend who I, I've made out of him. Uh, unfortunate for him, I think. Um, <laughs> so this is Philip talking a little bit more about you know again looking back through uh, the series of Yord Scott. Okay, so we are continuing our delightful end of season interviews uh, right now, and uh, we have a uh, what was a regular guest on the show for the early part, um, Philip Hammerstrom. Hi, Philip. Hi. Hi. Um, so, so Philip, we, we're speaking to uh, everyone and anyone um, now, and we're doing this kind of rare look back, uh, you know, the ability to be able to look back of the whole series and not have to worry about spoilers now, because everybody's obviously seen all 10 episodes. Um, so it's been a, 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 an incredible journey for us to kind of look back at this series. And obviously now we can understand the, the journeys, all the characters that have gone on. We understand kind of all the many, well, at least some of the many secrets that have kind of been uh, come out. Um, looking back at this as a kind of 10 episode thing, and I know we've spoken before, um, what are the kind of the big highlights for you that, that stand out in regards to kind of making the show and also maybe those kind of audience reactions to the episodes when they were kind of um, shown in Sweden? Um, well, um, to me, there, there's been uh, quite a lot of uh, like special moments, of course. Um, I do remember, I mean, the shooting, shooting, of course, is, is, is a big step. Um, of, of the process it's it's when you get all these other people <laughs> all these <laughs> into the George Scott group and, and and sort of making them uh do the things that you have been thinking about doing for a very long time mm. um and, and that that is that was really cool you know seeing sort of the first week of shooting and having the people you know, um, in the crew, you know, sort of get, you know, getting it. They're like, oh yeah, okay. So this is how we're going to do it. How this is how we're going to make this serious. And, and, and they pretty much, you know, had the same feeling that we did, um, while we were, you know, creating it. Mm. Um, so, so that, that was just, uh, that was an amazing feeling. Um, and of course, uh, in, in the, when I saw the first, you know, episode, uh, you know, a, a rough cut. That was just cool seeing everything coming together. Also, just being, 
uh, you know, oh my God, it's there, you know, it's on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in our, you know, you know, you know, uh, just scripts. It's, it's, it's something you can watch. That was amazing. Um, and you know, the, the reaction from, from, you know, <laughs> I remember, uh, when it was airing here in Sweden, um, it was airing on Mondays and, uh, we always got the ratings the day after and we mm. got them at maybe eight, eight, nine in the morning, something we got the ratings. Um, I, I mean, I, those from Monday to Tuesday, I, I, no sleep, nothing. I was like <laughs> waiting for Santa Claus at eight, you know, um, I mean, it was crazy. I actually like woke up maybe at, you know, I barely could fall asleep and then woke up at four. Like, is it eight o'clock yet? You know? <laughs> it's like, no, it's not eight. It's four. Okay. I can <laughs> go back to sleep and then impossible to go back to sleep. Um, so that so must have I, been a, a great moment for you guys. Cause obviously, and again, to, to fans of the show that, that aren't in Sweden, you know, the, the show really, well, I, I want to say exceeded, but it was beyond kind of e- expectations to the highest degree in regards to its performance performance in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that was of course amazing. And 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 that was something uh so when we got the first day of ratings, I mean, we I, we were thinking, you know, if if we're if we're if we're uh, I mean, we're happy with a one. You know, if we got a 1 million, that would be insane, you know. That would be so crazy if we got 1 million. And then we hit over 1.5 and I was like, "Ah." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, I don't care if I only slept one hour. <laughs> and now it's uh, now it's time to party. So um, so with the, the series obviously being you know a, a great success, and and obviously you know fr- from the uh, the fans that we've had on on from off the back of the show for the podcast now, who are so involved with the series, you know, they're so involved with the theories, with you know which what's this character going to do or what's this about. It was that, you know, for you guys, obviously knowing the story, you, you know, you, you know, having this, um, idea for so many years, was that really fun for you guys watching that kind of feedback <laughs> and that engagement of all these kind of crazy theories in regards to where it was all going? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, sort of all in the plan. And we have, I mean, we sit and talk a lot about, you know, uh, where, where, where a character should go or where it shouldn't go. And then, um, a lot of times we can actually sort of, Hey, if we lead sort of the, the, the viewer to thinking this, that's good, you know, because then we'll, you know, you know, come around at the end and say, no, you were wrong. It's like this, you know? <laughs> um, so we, we did a little tricking. Um, and that's always fun to have people, you know, writing about it. And it's like thinking and having theories and it's, and people having different theories, because we, I wouldn't say we, we mislead, but we, we sometimes <laughs> we just don't lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then, uh, people will make their own theories, of course. Uh, and, and that was just fun, you know, reading forums, uh, about people saying, I think it's like this, you know, and, and, and you can sit there like giggling, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Which I yeah. think a lot of people have done with this podcast because over the, over the episodes, we've kind of come up with our own thoughts and theories. What's, what's been yeah. the most, uh, I guess, fun or, or, or is there been any that have stood out to you that have been so completely out there that you're like, what the fuck did this come from? Uh, well, uh, well, yeah, many, I, I can't actually remember one specific, but, yeah. but 
Very many, yeah. But, I mean, it, but you know, it's also fun when someone actually, you know, finds and um, sort of gets it, you know. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah. I remember reading a forum. Someone has wrote an idea. I think it was on episode three, uh, and they, they, you know, pretty much this is what I, I think is going to happen. Like, whoa, you're spot on, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to, you know, like I shouldn't, I, I didn't reply. I actually never wrote anything on the internet pretty much about yours, God. But, yeah. um, it, it's, you know, you want to sort of like, don't go there. Don't read that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, the other theory, which got unfortunately shot down from um, uh, the delightful Henrik uh, Bjorn uh, a couple of weeks ago, was I was trying to run a theory for many weeks uh, of the podcast that Cuba, the dog, was actually behind the whole thing, that he was an <laughs> evil, um, telepathic uh, dog. That idea got shot down, so I can't actually do anything with that. Um, but I was hoping that maybe... He would have something, you know, that he would have some, some kind of bigger part. Um, but you guys obviously went a different direction to, to my brain. Um, yes. In your writing. We always try to. <laughs> what <I've>... does Daniel <laughs> think? And then we go complete opposite. Um, always. With, with this show, and I think, you know, as we get to the end of this, this series now, I think that there's been a lot of discussion we've had and, and fans have been having about the show of just the size of this world that you guys have built, you know, the, the, the world of your Scott and the many layers of things that you're talking through, you know, you know, we, we've spoken a lot about, you know, the, 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 um, uh, I guess the, the concept of the, the environmental issues and in industry, you know, that's obviously one part that runs all the way through, but, you know, you guys have also got, you know, great social commentary on the state of institutions and mental health. You've got, you know, dealing with loss, dealing with, you know, families, you know, you, there's a lot going on in this part, but also all these multiple layers of, of character threads and everything else. Now that we've seen this full series, uh, it, it, we, I think you can understand the scale of what you guys have, have done and created here. Th this must have been, you know, now that we're at the end of this series, you know, we can see the work and, and the world that you guys have built. Was this just one hell of a big job for you guys to obviously, you know, it seems like you've mapped out a, a world equivalent to Star Wars or Marvel. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that's got so many different strands of, of characters and, and story where you can go. Um, was that kind of a big thing for you guys? And how did you kind of pull that all together? Uh, yeah, that was really important. We always wanted to create uh, a new universe. We wanted to uh, have uh, have people thinking or have people, you know, understanding that this is just a small part of what's, you know, of the big story sort of. Uh, so it's not, you're not watching uh, the series Huge Guard. So you're watching a part uh of a story in a place where there's a, a bigger, bigger universe or mm. there, which other things are going on all the time. Mm. Um, and, and we're all fans of, of the, uh, Marvel and Star Wars universe. So, so of course we, we love that stuff. You know, we, we love creating a whole new world and setting the rules for it and then coming back to it and then you know oh what about this guy and that guy you know it's, when you're in the real world you always have <laughs> the restrictions of uh well you, well hey uh, obama is the president that you know that that's how it is you know you yeah, can't yeah. change that um and and but here hey there maybe there isn't even a president maybe u.s doesn't exist you know um <laughs> interesting yeah 
Yeah, I know. I mean, so, so that, that's, we really worked really, really hard on that. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, that was something that has been really important through the whole process and, and, and the look and the feel and everything. But of course the, the, the story, um, and, and that's, you know, why we of course want to continue writing, uh, after the series and we could base more things than just the series on it. So that would be obviously my, my natural next questions you expect. And I think a lot of yep. people are asking that question of, you know, what, what is next in this, in this world of, of your Scott? What, what, what's, what can we, can we officially reveal? What can we not reveal? Is there anything going on? What's, what's the, what's the next steps for, for where your Scott's going now? Uh, well, I mean, we are working on a second series, uh, working, I should say we're writing on one. Uh, that does not mean it's going to happen though. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it depends if we get a green light for it. Okay. Uh, and, and hopefully it will be, but you know, that, that's, that's what I like about it because people, you know, creating their own fan art, for example, they, they're in the world as well. So people are creating, creating, uh, universe, the universe, mm. people are expanding the universe themselves. Mm. 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 Uh, which I really like. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, hopefully it will be a second season and, and, and more. Because you know? I think the other thing as well, and I, I know it's a conversation you and I had, you know, many weeks ago um, when we were talking that this this series seems to lend itself very well to other mediums as well is that something you guys are also possibly considering that you know as you're talking about expanding this universe that maybe there are other mediums to explore that universe yeah yeah i mean we're all sort of nerds you know uh we we all like you know we love everything uh, sort of in in this um uh, mm. Yeah, we're ne- nerds. So yeah. <laughs> we love video games. We love sort of you know TV series, movies, uh, everything that can connect to anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so of course, uh, hopefully, the Yorkshire will uh, universe will expand. It will um, uh, branch out. Did you see what I did there? Mm, that was good. Nice. It was like a, it was like a Yorkshire pun. Um, yes, I'm yes. trying to work on more. Um, so. Uh, as well as your Scott, obviously, you know, you guys, you know, this being kind of your first, you know, big TV series project. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, I, you, you know, I'm a big fan of the show. So I'm going to say that, you know, I think you guys have done exceptionally well. Um, have you guys got anything else in the pipelines or anything? I, I mean, whether you can talk about it or not, have you got any other projects outside of your Scott that potentially you you're, could be working on? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, I am currently in a writing room. Uh, writing uh, another series as wow. well, uh, and uh, a few other projects and movies uh, wow. and, and and such. So there will be more than just your Scott coming and, out. Well, hopefully you will need a podcast for all of those projects. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the final uh, point I want to make, um, Philip, was uh, I just wanted to kind of talk through uh, a quick little story. And it was a, a particular highlight for me. And I, I know it was a, a big moment for you guys as well. Um, so to, to all the listeners, um, uh, I met with um, Philip and, and Moa, uh, you know, 
three months ago, I think it was two or three months ago, uh, when they were over in London and, um, we were out at dinner one evening. Actually, I'm just to kind of give you the heads up, Philip, I'm not going to tell you about, I'm not going to talk about that dinner or that other, other dinner. I'm going to talk about this oh, dinner. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So, um, and it was, it was the moment where, um, the, the three of us had, had been, you know, we were very tired. We're at the end of this kind of like, you know, um, um, you know press trip for the show for you guys and uh you know it was kind of final night and we we're all out of this meal and um and then you got the news that you guys had just won the banff award in in canada um and it was this just this moment of utter joy you know for, for you guys and obviously i was i was caught up in the moment as well because i was there so i kind of um i jumped on the bandwagon but um that that it it was i think genuinely a great moment to see and i think you guys were particularly happy with that with that moment for you guys being um you know getting the recognition outside of sweden for a show like that was that a good moment for you guys oh yeah it was amazing i mean that was crazy i mean being nominated in that uh, you know award was like oh my god that's crazy <laughs> and uh, same thing you know it it was you know of course we weren't gonna win i mean we're up against you know these huge american tv series mm. so like of course we're not gonna win uh and and, and then you know getting the text that it was like no <laughs> no this can't be happening so um of course we're extremely happy um and and just yeah this, this it was just like surreal yeah but actually now we're actually nominated here in sweden as well uh, yeah i for, saw yeah so uh, and i i guess we're up for four awards wow uh, i guess pretty much every award that our series could win yeah. we're nominated in uh, wow. so that's that's nice if it doesn't if it doesn't win um, I will, I will do a muns and kidnap the children of the, of the judges. Good, good, good. Yeah, good, Cause yeah, I think yeah. that's, uh, that's just how things have got to be from now on. Oh, of course, of course. Um, uh, well, that's well, how we did it in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> just really, I, I like the fact that it's just in the world of Yord Scott. It's like a themed kidnapping. Like, yeah, it's yeah, not just exactly. the normal kidnapping. It's like, it's signed with like by muns and there's a book yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. It's a good way. So, um, Philip. Uh, thanks once again for, for taking the time. I know that, you know, we, we've, um, we've spoken to you many times on the podcast and, and you, you've been uh, a delight to speak to and really, uh, give us, give, I think the listeners, you know, a great insight on the show as well. Um, so, uh, so thanks once again for taking the time and, um, and, and of course making this series, it's been enjoyable. No problem. It's, I, I, it's, it's I, been, it's been fun. It, I, I love the way that I've just said it was enjoyable. Like it's just this very English kind of <laughs> yes it's been fine yes, i mean of you, course you, you did well well done <laughs> <laughs> thank so, you sir. <laughs> so philip thanks for joining us on underneath silver hood and uh hopefully we will uh speak in the future and if you need uh, a podcast for one of your many projects if not for season two if and when it comes and there you've just heard a, a very and, and James didn't quite hear that interview because we've we've just kind of cut straight across. But, um, you know, one of the things I spoke about in, in that interview, James, um, mm-hmm. is one of my favorite moments, actually, oh, um, that I've that I've experienced, uh, not necessarily from the show, um, but from a moment um, when the guys were over. Um, so uh, when um, back in God, when was this June? I think it was early June. Um, the, the guys from Yord Scott come over and they were doing some events and some press stuff. 
stuff and various other things as well. Um, and I was quite fortunate to go out for uh, a dinner with um, Philip and, and Moa. Uh, we'd, we'd, we'd gone out to dinner a couple of times. And uh, one of the times we were at the um, the Swan restaurant uh, near the Globe Theatre. And plug. Total plug. <laughs> uh, give us some free food. And um, uh, and we were, we were all three of us very tired. We For various reasons, all three of us had very busy time, very busy days. We were tired just kind of at the end of this kind of like, you know, few days together. And um, and and. At the time, what was happening over in uh, Canada was uh, the Banff Awards, which is a um, kind of TV, um, kind of international TV uh, awards over there. And Yord Scott was nominated for um, Best International TV Show. So, and it was up against Fargo and a few other kind of big shows I didn't like all over Fargo. the world. Okay, well, this isn't the Fargo podcast, so no, we won't give yet. it the time of day. Um, and uh, basically, this moment we 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 just finished our our mains and uh uh philip had just received a text message from uh one of the guys from svt that had flown out to this wards because they were just like you need to come out there um telling them that they'd won um the the award and it, it was just such a surreal experience because philip just lit i've never seen someone do the kind of like um you know something you'd see in a cartoon where someone actually just kind of jumps back on their chair in surprise and shock and he he literally says no fucking way <laughs> and he turns and, and tells Moa and I and just the three of us just go crazy so we mostly I think because we're so tired and emotional at this stage as well drunk but and very drunk um <laughs> and and I think that moment for me was was such a, a, a key part in particularly why I wanted to carry on doing this podcast was it's very rare in in particularly in the TV world and and um, you know we whatever it might be uh, to meet people you genuinely get on with, but also people that genuinely deserve this kind of recognition. It's the fact that these guys are some of the nicest guys I've ever met, necessarily just within the TV world, but in 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 general, and the fact that all of the 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 passion and and hard work and everything over six or seven years went into this project, and the genuine happiness that they had at that moment, winning that award was just incredible and just the fact that i happened to be just a bystander a part of that or even though i got <clears throat> hugged as if i you know created the show in some way what, uh, what, it was very cool what i like um just from some of the interviews is and then to drop a few names myself i um i interview um actors and actresses all the time um some really big names uh, a, a lot of them i'm i'm a godfather to a lot of the, a, lot, a lot of the kids <laughs> such a piece and of one shit. of the things that i really like about these guys is that <laughs> You wouldn't actually know that they are all working on this really high-profile international hit show that's an award-winning. They they come across as really down to earth and yeah. really, um, like you say, very genuine almost. And you every so often you do have to sort of think, oh, hang on, I'm talking to somebody. Yeah. When we were talking to um, Lars and, yeah. and Pella last week, yeah, yeah, and they're just like, just like normal guys, and you sort of forget. And especially as I say, I mean, I've I've been for dinner with Johnny Depp. I've been out with Angelina and Brad, and it's just. They're all nice, but there's not that same sort of wait, down wait a minute, to wait earth. Minute. Is Cuba controlling you right now? Don't fucking start with the Cuba. Is that? We <laughs> nearly <laughs> shut up about your Cuba shit. I was just, I was just dropping a, a scattering. You're a, you're scattering a, a few names of my own. So, but yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think they are a unique 
crew. In it's the, they, it's yeah. something that I think uh, I myself and I think a lot of other people can attest to um, that deal with famous people. I think uh, James is being um, a tell arsehole as always. What? Um, what? With, uh, with regards to just genuinely, I think, as, as James just mentioned, how nice... Everyone that I've I've met and we've met and spoken to over the yeah. you know the months, um, I, I hope that that just makes you enjoy the show more. I think it's one of these things where these guys have become um, to me something that um, I don't know, just a very rare, fresh breath of fresh air. Yeah. Um, so that's that. That was that was Philip's interview. Uh, wonderful. Um, okay, so we're down to the top four. Let's only do the fourth, and then let's do the podium places. Okay. So number four. No, uh, this is. We've gone. I've gone with um, episode seven and Eva getting the Yord Scott, which is a, a big reveal, obviously, of of it being a Yord Scott, but also. Yeah realizing it's kind of connecting up i mean it is the thing that changes everything for eva and changes everything in the show and you've realized shit no i agree actually it's, it's, i'm just looking know, at the others i do actually because it's like this is the explanation behind everything it's the explanation behind what a daughter's got what a father had um you know and what anyone else may have as well that yeah you know it's it was a it was a great episode and i think that you know the cg on that stuff is is amazing it's very yeah intriguing and when the yeah the wound knits back together and things it's yeah, yeah, awesome yeah. awesome stuff uh so that we've got in as um uh, number four uh it was um didn't really need to say much more on that one i think it's uh no it is it is a what the fuck i'm great that that was that was actually one of the scenes that um lars was talking about wasn't of course. it in the edit exactly with him and, yeah, 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 yeah 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 no it's very cool um okay so uh we'll we'll go into our, our final three uh very shortly uh, but next up is uh, someone uh, we had a very fun time speaking to uh, uh, last week, um, who is the cinematographer on your Scott uh, Guy well, Pele. Well done um, as well. He is uh, all of the um, well, not all of the, but some of the uh, the visuals you, you you see within the show, the real standout kind of um, uh, visual aesthetic uh, that's in uh, the episodes that Henrik directed, um, which obviously Pele will talk about. Uh, a little bit more in a second. Um, uh, Pele did the cinematography for. Uh, and uh, Pele's a very talented guy, um, very funny guy. Uh, I hate the fact that I'm giving him compliments um, because uh, he owes me at least eight beers, I think. Um, he uh, is a scumbag. Um, <laughs> so uh, so this is, uh, this is Pele uh, talking to us last week a little bit more about his involvement with the show as well. Okay, so I am with uh, the most awesome camera operator in the world, uh, Pele. Hey, how you doing? Hi there. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the podcast. Pele, uh, I did the same thing for Lars. Why don't you explain uh, your... Well I, well, I work as a uh, director of photography on the um, episodes that uh, Henrik was involved in, which was episode one, five, six, and seven, and half of ten as well. So, uh, and uh, well, I've been involved in the pilot as well. So I've been with the project for uh, quite some time. Um, amazing. So it, it seems like, you know, one of the key things that we've been, you know, speaking to everyone about, you know, speaking to Philip and Henrik, and this has really been like, it seems like a project of passion uh, for everybody involved. Would you, is that been related to you as well? Yeah, yeah, of course. Now, I think uh, Henrik and I have been working together for a long time and uh, commercials and uh, in the past and 
he had this project in his head the whole time and he was uh, constantly going on about it uh, during uh, different periods. And uh, then he phoned me up one Friday morning and he said, uh, I'm doing it. And outside Gothenburg on a very limited budget, on a, a very true as well. We, um, we felt uh, that we wanted to uh, get away from the you know, normal crime dramas, which has very high contrast and, uh, yeah. and, and vibrant colors, and, and take it down a lot and move a lot more towards features like uh, Seven, for example, and uh, Tinky Taylor. Soldier Spy was also a, a movie that we sought reference from, and with very low highlights and very, very evenly lit and very, very soft lightning. Well, of course, has an enhanced reality in there, so that was the um, very yeah good connection there. Well done. <laughs> um, but I mean, on that particular, you know, I think a lot of the comments you know, we hear about the show is, is that look of the show, you know, it's got these kind of incredible, um, you know, blue hues and, and, and again, a very organic, uh, look and feel to it. Was that kind of, you know, the intention you guys were looking for as well? It's very important for us to make the, 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 to enhance the mystery of this, why we put in a lot of fog in there and why we took down the sort of the greens and moved them towards the blue instead to make it a bit cooler and a bit more uh, hostile. Mm. And of course, the producer always thought it was too dark, so you know, <laughs> to fight him off. <laughs> yes, finally, we're getting the recognition we want. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can keep you, you can keep that and uh, give it back to him for for the next time he questions your darkness. Yes, um, I will. I will. So are there any particular, you know, scenes or episodes that, you know, you found um, quite challenging, uh, you know, in regards to kind of what you were, what you were looking for, what yeah. you were intending? Yeah, but, but Henrik and I had a vision of the whole project in, in order. We don't want to shoot it classically. You take a master and then you go and shoot a close-up on, on the person and then you move on. We wanted to get away from that sort of big uh, storytelling as well in pictures, and we wanted to move into drama and be more like a, a feature. But of course, we didn't have really the time to do that. So we had to be very well prepared in order to do that. And one thing was with uh, Esmeralda, for example, she was um, she had this power to affect people, and uh, we were discussing how we were going to enhance that. So instead of just you know having a guy holding his ears. Uh, we created, we came up with this idea that she, uh, she had a force field that would affect the light. So they started to flicker. And uh, a scene which really sort of put that to a challenge was when she was interrogated by Tom mm. and all the lights started to blow up in the corridor there. And, and that was, you know, it, it was, it just uh, gave the uh, electricians gray hair because they had no idea how to do it. But I just, <laughs> we just kept on pushing them. And, and in the end, they came up with this excellent way of doing it. And I think the scene really turned out nice. It, yeah, it's, it, it made one of our, um, and I don't know how many times you've been listening to the podcast, probably never. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but every week. <laughs> but every week we have our what the fuck moment, which um, uh, we are going to a little bit later on, going through all ten of them in each episode. Um, you know, and that's something that Philip I know mentioned was you know that was obviously a key point for you guys in regards to making sure there was at least that kind of one standout scene that made you quite literally say what the fuck. Um, mm -hmm. That must have been a lot of fun, to, and, and also probably a challenge in itself to kind of try and you know get each time um, and, and make it look as incredible uh, each episode. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was really, and uh, 
But like I said, we had such a limited amount of time, so we had to be very specific in order which scenes we were going to really push forward to and really sort of uh, have the uh, the scene of it. Of course, in episode one, we have the where the the hand is in the uh, flowery pot there. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we also have the story. The, the another scene I loved in episode one is where she speaks to her daughter, and we only see the daughter through the reflection. And that was, you know, a, a way storytelling in this movie and how how bold can we be you know normally and and you know in particular you've got um some kind of real standout you know visuals and i think quite iconic visuals from from this series as well i don't want to stroke your ego too much but i'm (laughs) saying there seems to be you know particularly from episode one you know i think Mm. um the artwork we use on our um on our podcast for example is the scene of you know, uh, Moa and the kind of the, the sunlit kind of hill just after the car crash, mm-hmm. um, which just looks incredible. Obviously, just going from, you know, all these natural colors to being something quite dark as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel kind of quite happy looking back at some of those moments and realizing, you know, that you've got some some great visuals in there through through the, you know, the work you did on it? Yeah. But, you know, you're always a perfectionist. You always see the, the, the scenes you. you didn't get and the shots you did not get. So, but, but if you look upon that, uh, looking back upon the car crash, for example, that was probably our, our low point at the time. It, everything just went wrong. We had this stunt guy. He was at hitting the mark. So he just, you know, flew up and landed <laughs> in another place. And we just, so our, our original idea was to shoot it, you know, during twilight, but, uh, and then just things went haywire. <laughs> we got a, we got a lighter, guys. And so we had to, you know, backlight the whole scene. And, and, but it turned out really nice when you look upon it in the end. But, yeah. But, but as I said, it's, it's, it's a lot of things, you know, shooting from the hip. Okay. Uh, so we had this whole thing planned out perfectly, we thought. But then, you know, life, life happens <laughs> and, <laughs> and things go wrong. So what? you had to. Yeah. Were you there Neither. for the the possible draining of Moa by any slight chance? Uh, no, no, that was episode two. So uh, that was not, yeah, that, no. that would have been um, a fun one because we've obviously heard much to do with the fact that Moa was not told anything to do with the, <laughs> the deep pool that she had to go into and the, her fear of exactly that, uh, which uh, I was quite glad to be in the middle of when she told Philip for the first time and Philip tried to yeah. kind of weasel his way out of it um as as, a, as any produce good producer would um <laughs> so uh henrik is he really that good or are you the wizard of oz behind the whole thing well you know the answer to that i'm not gonna <laughs> 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 no but henrik's henrik is a um he is i i could not boost his ego any further he's he is such a tremendous guy and such a tremendous talent in filmmaking. And uh, his uh, his greatest ability, I think, is that he uh, is so good in explaining what he wants out of the project. So everybody gets so involved and sees the project in exactly the same way as he does, which makes it very easy for you to, to come up with ideas that, that that actually enhances his project that he just grabs directly from you. So So which is totally beautiful because... Then I can say, okay, he uh, perhaps wanted this out of her, but can we add this? And so, so the, the creativity process, uh, process with working with Henrik is, is absolutely, I, I couldn't tell you enough about it. He's, he's an extremely talented uh, director, I would say. Yeah. And he, and he's also, um, I, I'm, I'm not going to kiss his ass too much because he gets <laughs> so cocky, but, but, but his, 
his greatest ability is probably because he's like a terrier. He's, he's, uh, you would be amazed by the journey he's done. Of course, he probably told uh, you guys uh, several times. But, you know, to have this project and not, not having buyers going to Cannes all the time and just yeah. selling something that is not really there. And I would have probably stopped around, uh, say, uh, well, the 10th time on, on the lake. <laughs> but he just kept on going to, like, step. I don't know, 197, and that's when he got the green light. So yeah. he's just his his his, his tenacity is just amazing, and, yeah. and uh, his uh, his drive, and it just it just just blew you in the, because when I saw on set, for example, he wouldn't take no for an answer. The same the same sort of came over me, and I was said when I got the the heat from some electricians saying they couldn't do it, I said, okay, let's make it happen. How can we do it happen? So. So that was sort of our, our main goal that you try to help each other all the time and not saying it can't be done. Let's, let's make it happen. And that was, I mean, that, that's, uh, there's one part of his, his talent, I think. Mm. And another talent, of course, is just the storytelling wise and, and the writing of the whole script and the idea. That's, but that's, uh, a, that's a, uh, a way that perhaps has not been told that he's, he's, um, his tenacity and he's, he's a, he's a tarry just biting onto your leg and say, do it, do it. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that a couple of times, yeah. actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sell so, it, sell it, huh? <laughs> so how, um, for, for you in regards to, you know, looking back at this series, what would you mm-hmm. say has kind of like been, you know, the key highlight for you? I mean, you know, whether it be a, a certain scene or whether it be a certain episode, what's been the kind of real standout moment for you that, you know, you look back on quite proudly? Um, well, um well, it's uh, or several. Really, it could be several. I'm sure it will be. Yeah, um, it's quite hard to 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 uh, to pick scenes, but but I reckon like it, you know, Augustine, the, the production designer, made it so easily. For example, in Ulva's apartment, with all the with the lush uh, green plants hanging everywhere, and yeah, 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 and it just you know you could aim the camera basically everywhere, and you got a beautiful shot and. But it was it was it was a fun part. For example, the start of episode six, which we had uh, this, uh, it was a, a bit of our homage to the commercial industry, where we have our backgrounds in. So we have this pack shot of this uh, this juice or whatever, and we just dog out <laughs> from it, and this this shot getting inserted into it, and as it get inserted, the we uh, we desaturate the colors and get into the George Scott environment. That that for us, perhaps people didn't notice it, but to me it was a a fun moment and sort of our paying tribute to so that was also a part of a little part of the the fun process of it that we didn't have any sacred cows we could, we could sort of you know Henrik, what happens if we do this for example episode five you know when when he falls out with the slit throat from the party uh, <laughs> it was originally a lot of dialogue in that scene but i said hey, what happens Henrik, if we do it like a music video and and we, we shoot it at 30 frames and uh uh, and we uh, have this. So I had this song that I played to him. He said, "Well, great, let's go, let's go. This is it." Because uh, the dialogue was sort of just uh, it was not relevant. So, and and that's Henrik to me, very flexible and very just uh, eager to to improve his show all the time. I think I think James and I just literally hearing you talk about that. We're both just kind of looking at each other, just thinking <laughs> it's so fucking interesting to hear, particularly because it's like. Yeah. There's just so many of these things that you just take for granted. And I think we, we said this in one of the podcasts that, you know, there's a reference point in episode one that's just an in, you know, I always go back to this, the, the, the thought of, um, of Moa getting the, um, 
the kind of infection, you know, on, on the plants, yeah. the kind of, you know, she gets that in the first episode and it gets called back in episode four, I think it is episode four, I think three or four, where she suddenly realizes that she realizes where the hole is because she remembers that she got this plant. And, you know, the fact that that when that moment happened, you know, we said then it was the, you know, that was just a throwaway scene. That wasn't even something that, you know, you would even think about, but that's just these, uh-huh. one of these many little things that happen that you suddenly go, Oh fuck. I, I should have been paying way more attention than I have been. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Layers, baby layers. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we, we would, I think love to speak to you for probably the next four hours, but aware that you are of, of course on holiday and we've got another, I think two hours of podcast to get through as well. Um, which means it does mean more beer, which is fine because we can carry on drinking. That's, uh, that's good for us as well. Um, but Pele, thanks so much for, for taking some time talking to us, man. Well, thank you for having me. Pele, everyone's favourite cinematographer. <laughs> James's favourite cinematographer. Yeah, he, he is. By the end of that. He was great. I did, yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a few parts we, we cut out um, of that interview, um, uh, particularly um, him pouring himself some water where we thought he was uh, taking a piss. That was hilarious. Uh, which was very <laughs> funny. I was very tempted to keep it in, yeah. but I, 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 I didn't. <laughs> um, okay, we're on the top three uh, what-the-fuck moments. Um, I'd like to see a Twitter poll of this as well. Yeah. What are your top three what-the-fuck moments, listeners? Yeah. What let's, are they? Yeah, let's let's see what your what the fuck moments are. Um, so, it's 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 a tough it's a tough place to kind of um, put you know anyone, but I think these three um, really stood out to us. I, I think in particular, um, a number three, we're putting the return, and this is controversial, the return of Josephine to the forest, the return of her to nature in in the final episode. It's very controversial because it obviously was a a big moment. It was a big moment in the series. Massive. Something that, you know, in some ways was hinted at a lot of the way through the series. Yeah. But I think, you know, I I don't want to wax lyrical on this one because I think in particular we spoke a lot about that last week. Yeah, we did. We really kind of... um, It's uh, cheeky as well because we did say that it technically wasn't a what-the-fuck moment. Yeah, it's just a very cool moment. in terms of one of the best moments, I think... Yeah, it was absolutely exceptional. Um, That's our number three. If you want to hear a little bit more about, you know, what we, you know, rambled on about last week, then you can go and and listen to um, Part Ebe. Part Ebe. Part Ebe. We were uh, very last drunk week. last week as well. Uh, we were. And, um, uh, yeah. Okay, so next uh, interview uh, is, of course, with Eva herself, um, the um, the uh, Moa, who we've spoken to, oh, my God, so many times. Um, she did a lot of video interviews for the Facebook page as well uh, and uh, tons of stuff. And, and obviously, Eva's working on um, Eva. Mo is working on lots of stuff uh, at the moment as well. So this is an interview with with Moa talking about the series, but also talking a few about a few things that she is working on at the moment. Um, and of course, maybe if we can get some hints with her on season two, you never know. Oh. Um, so this is uh, Moa uh, talking to me uh, a few weeks ago um, about uh, her experiences on Yord Scott. I mean, for you now, obviously looking back at this series. What would you say is the kind of the, the standout scene for you that, that you watch back and, and you've got, you know, fond memories of or, or something that you really feel was a standout scene for the Eva character in the series? Um, there, there, there's actually been so many, but I think, you know, just shooting in this different kind of locations and, 
environments are really, really special. And I, I remember shooting at the, at the lake, mm. the scenes where Josephine disappears. And that lake is so magical. Uh, and it was an emotional day as well. There, I, I think I've cried like 80% of the whole <laughs> shooting process. But, but I remember just, you know, we, we went for a swim at lunchtime in that lake and, you know, had set out in the sun and had our lunch. And it's, you know, being able to shoot at such like amazing locations and not in studio, that's really special. Mm. And we were with the weather as well because we weren't, you know, the, the hardest thing about acting that they don't teach you in stage school is how to, you know, freeze properly because you're always freezing. It's always know some location when it's so cold and you have to act like it's not cold and, you know that's like the hardest thing about being actors mm-hmm. always being exposed to like the nature's different kind of like temperatures <laughs> <laughs> and trying to act normal so uh we were really lucky with the weather as well when we did George got that you know it wasn't that cold and we had this amazing summer and you know so, so, so that was a really special shooting day Final thing I just wanted to talk to you about was, you know, um, other things that you're working on. I know that you've got, uh, I think you, you're working on a book at the moment. You've obviously got your, your podcast series um, in, in Sweden as well and, and a few other projects. Is there anything else that you can actually officially share with us here that we can? Um, and obviously a lot of it's Swedish based, but, you know, it's great to know what, what other things you're working on as well. Yeah, I'm, um, I think I'm, I'm going to do a comedy series like... Uh, but that's in a while as well. So I haven't really uh, accepted any shooting jobs at this point because I'm finishing my book uh, and I'm actually working on a, a TV series of my own and wow. developing it as a producer, um, as a cre- creative producer. So um, I think this autumn is going to be all about uh, my own projects. Um, I think it's a good thing to let kind of uh, the acting rest for a bit so you don't um, expose, you know, yourself too much to mm-hmm. working and, and like maybe losing your passion and lust. I think it can be a good, good thing to have little breaks in between. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, um, it's going to be an exciting autumn with um, new new ways in life for me to try 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 to explore so that's going to be exciting <laughs> great stuff well moa thanks so much for for uh, taking the time and of course um thanks so much for uh for being part of, of the show i know everyone's been uh, a big fan of it here in the uk and obviously um all over the world and um you know has, has been um i think everybody's enjoyed the journey that they've gone on on the show so thanks so much and thank you for having this podcast and for the work that ITV has done. You've been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Moa, and uh, we'll see okay. you soon. Okay, bye. Moa. Hmm. There with... Um... It does genuinely ram home that point that they are... You know, this is a leading lady and in, in, in an international success story. And, yeah, she she just comes across wonderfully, I think. She does, and, and she's, uh, again... Uh, very uh, of course you know I think as we've seen you know very talented actress but I think you know some of the other projects she's working on at the moment with her book and doing some writing for TV in Sweden yeah, as well yeah. you know lots of cool stuff going on and um, uh, and again absolutely incredible person and, and someone I've been um, very fortunate to meet as well as um, you know Steven Spielberg <laughs> just before you even decide to make a joke of my genuine you know genuine you know thoughts and feelings nice feelings yeah. and 
you're putting them out there. And, no, I, sh- and... I share them. I, I, I mean, with me, like I say, you know, godparent to, well, I won't name them, Ashton Kutcher. We are going to go uh, into uh, the final two uh, what the fuck moments. Uh, <laughs> number two. Um, are we going to do number two and then have Henrik's interview and then do number one? Or are we going to do number two and number one and then go to Henrik's interview? Let's do number two and number one, then go to Henrik. Great. Okay, so the final two, uh, I think number two, and this was something we, we debated at length because we quite we really enjoyed this scene, um, and but they're, they're, you know, it had to fall at number two, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, whatever you want to see. Um, Esme's freak out in episode six. The interrogation. The interrogation mm. scene with Tom. That is and a good old-fashioned what-the-fuck moment because that, honestly, that also that changed... We started was the first, to get an yeah. inkling of it was the bits first big supernatural, yeah. e- you know, event. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we, we we'd seen a few mm. things here and there, and I think you know, hearing back from from you know um, a few of the guys in regards to how this all kind of came together with that scene, I think it's just incredible to kind of see the fact that the amount of work and and fun they had with the scene as well. You know, it it's was just, great. Uh, I forget which interview it was where they were talking about the the guys doing the electric uh, the ele- the. Electric uh, it was La- Lars's interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things were blowing up. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. Do this. And it, it was incredible in terms of yeah, like you say, it was the first supernatural big kick. Yeah, it looked amazing. Yeah. So uh, if you're listening, Lars and Co. Yeah. Everyone that worked on that scene, it was worth it. Absolutely. Um, it was a hilarious little nod to how shit a policeman uh, Tom y- is capable yeah. of being, just casually hosting an interview in a hallway. Yeah. Uh, by himself. Um, and on top of that, we got the pen, and that was the beginning of um, Tom's descent. Uh, Tom's sort of madness yeah, descent. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I, so, I think, and I, I that also was a really important scene. I liked hearing that from Lars because I think there's a few things that we you know we learned about the production where, you know, it 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 wasn't like. A, you know, really, um, you know, polished, sheened way of doing a scene. Yeah. Like, you know, the fact that, you know, when, when we're swinging to Pele and he's talking about, you know, that famous scene with the moonlit, um, you know, kind of silhouette of, of Moa. Yeah. And actually, it, it just was just, dark. it just got dark. <laughs> and, and that's not in any way to take away, you know, any professionalism whatsoever. I think it just goes back to the fact that there's a bunch of people with passion for this project. Yeah. They could that, have you know, just gone back they, the next day and, and filmed and, it yeah. the same light. And but, they could have easily done you know cg versions of, of the lights yeah, exploding yeah, yeah. and stuff like that they, they, they these are guys that do it for the passion of filmmaking and that's the thing that that i love about this that these are these are fans of film and these are fans of tv these are kind of nerds like myself um that love comic books and love you know nerdy stuff like that and star wars and everything else and these guys, you can see the, the fun they have with it. The fact that it all pours out and everybody involved with it. You hear it from Lars, you hear it from Pele. Uh, they all seem to be, you know, find it very kind of um, yeah. uh, uh, infectious. Um, which, of course, leads us... And I'm oh, sorry, just to mention as well, the Esme freak out, the, the incredible performance by Happy as well. Uh, who who plays Esmeralda in the show. Incredible. I thought I, yeah. I, she was uh, one of my favourite characters in the show there. Um, so, number one. Yeah, it of course yep. has to be Cuba the dog being evil. <laughs> Were you not Cuba the dog getting shot or Cuba the dog Cuba getting the dog, stabbed? Cuba the dog controlling everyone, even from the grave. Yeah. Uh, no, of course, number one is the infamous plant scene from episode one with Josephine. <laughs> 
What the actual fuck? It was the the thing that gave us the birth of the what the fuck moment. Uh, it, of course, was uh, just a scene that changes everything about this series. Yeah. Uh, and and turns it all on its head. You yeah. know, I think when you look back at this scene from episode ten backwards, it's still an incredible scene. It's still something that, even though it's quite obvious in regards to what it is, mm-hmm. the introduction of these, you know, again very supernatural element at the end of episode one, and you know, obviously Philip and Henrik and everyone have spoken about this at length about that scene, but. The fact that they pulled that in deliberately because they wanted this cliffhanger at the end that made people go, quite literally, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> just amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And well well deserving of the number one spot, I think. Yes. And I think people will agree with that. I hope um, so. I do. I would actually be interested to see um, anyone that does want to tweet in their top three. Please do. And I'd be interested to see them argue that as the number one. Please. Like you say, that was the birth of it. That was exactly. The, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, our final, final interview uh, now. God, you know, it's, it's starting, to, starting to feel emotional now. That we were, it's we're, dawning, isn't it's, it? It's, it's starting to get there. Um, the final interview we, we've got here, and we'll come back on the other side of this um, to just blubber on for a little while, um, is... Uh, <laughs> is, <laughs> is, <laughs> um, is uh, with Henrik Bjorn, uh, the creator of the show, uh, you know, Henrik obviously creating this world several years ago, um, pulling all his thoughts together and working so hard. And also, and you know, I think Lars mentioned this earlier and Pele mentioned this earlier, the fact that he kept working on this show time and time again over several years, taking it to market, taking it to try and sell to people, getting people infused, getting the right cast, pulling it to the... This is a guy with with incredible vision and... I just hope, you know, and I, I not hope, I mean, I, I think it's quite obvious that this guy is going to go on to do incredible things in the future. Um, someone that, that I, again, and this, I, I, it feels like I'm just plugging and, and dropping names, but to me, someone I, I've, I've gotten to know over the last kind of five months and, and someone who is just, Incre- just an incredible person to speak to, and I, and I really, uh, I'm just amazed that that you know there are there are geniuses alive like this. He really is um, the the personification of um, uh, a, a very creative genius, a creative um, force. Uh, force. So uh, this is the the final interview with Henrik, where he will tell you a little bit more about. Um, you know what he hopes people take away from the show obviously you heard a little bit more about that early on uh, and of course um, his thoughts on um, James's theatre no, no 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 that's not what he did uh, <laughs> but uh, but a little bit more on that so uh, this is the uh, the final interview of uh, of our podcast uh, with uh, Henrik Bjorn looking now at uh, you know a complete series of 10 episodes and and I'm sure it's something now that that fans of the show are going to you know, go back and, and watch again, just to, and again, you know, we've watched it so many times, so several times now to kind of piece together, you know, the connections from the earlier shows. What what would you say is the kind of, the, the key thing for you? And obviously everyone's got their own personal interpretations of the show, but what was important to you for people to kind of take away from this series now that they've watched it, um, you know, all 10 episodes? I think it's... Um... It, the world we're living in right now is, is uh, in many ways a mess. <laughs> mm. uh, so it's about respecting uh, each other and, and uh, respecting um, the planet. And uh, it's a very pretentious <laughs> thing to say. But 
if if we were able to tell um, a story that that was entertaining and and sort of good looking in a in a visual way and mm. and, and you know exciting and all that, but also have this kind of message uh, the, of importance of of living in in harmony with with each other, and uh, even if we're not always uh, sort of look the same or <laughs> uh, we, we're still uh, species on this planet so it has that message for sure uh, can we live if there were sort for example uh, creatures from the forest as we have in, in Jorskot could humans live among them or together with them or would we sort of uh, you know kill them and, and hunt them down <laughs> and uh, I, the, the, the sad answer is probably we, we would uh, uh we would not live in harmony together with yeah, them because yeah. uh, there, there's so so many strange behaviors that we have as human beings. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and one is to conquer, conquer the other ones, <laughs> yeah, Sup- suppress them and kill them. So, uh, yeah, that that's one um, one message I, I would like to to uh, bring to the audience. Great, and and the final question for you, Henrik, and and again. Um, Thanks so much for spending the time with us to, to talk a little bit more about the series. Um, the, the, what's next for, for Yord Scott? Uh, you know, I know that, um, you know, nothing's confirmed yet that, that, you know, series two is happening, but you know, what's, what's the, what's, what's next for, for the world of Yord Scott? Well, the first and most important thing was the, the key people who worked on, on Yord Scott. Are we willing to, to continue this? Are we still, hungry for mm-hmm. more do, mm. do, do we love this universe even after episode 10 and there's no question about that because we we uh, we have the sense that this was only the beginning of of this story uh, so um, what we have done the last uh, couple of weeks is to have a sit down and and draw the lines for uh, the rest of of the story wow. <laughs> uh, which could be which could be coming season so we we are equally you know happy and triggered uh, when we talk about Yorskot, um, as we ever were when we uh, wrote uh, uh, season one. So mm. that's a good start. And also, it's been a success uh, internationally. It sold to many countries. It, it won uh, prestigious awards and, mm. and it had, had a, you know, really huge uh, uh, fan base already. So, of course, we want to give the audience more of this. And yeah. uh, uh, so that's, but, but we don't know if it, if it will be a season two. But I mean, the first, uh, step is that the creators behind still love it and we do wow <laughs> so, so we can check that box that's <laughs> to start with <laughs> well that's great well i mean we obviously hope that you know a season two uh, does come along i mean we've uh, we've enjoyed doing you know all of these podcasts and, and looking at the show um and it's been great you know catching up with the various cast and crew members over the uh, over the you know the last few weeks as well um but just wanted to kind of thank you henrik for for speaking to us on uh, underneath silverhood and um and thanks so much for for giving us the show as well thank you and, and thanks for this podcast which is brilliant and uh, keep it up <laughs> thanks <laughs> okay my final segue out of an interview james yeah this is it this is it what are you gonna do don't know well this is kind of it this now, is it, it now <laughs> this is it um <laughs> So that was the that was Henrik, um, who was uh, just incredible uh, person to speak to. Um, hope you found that as interesting as we did. Uh, obviously, I think as you heard, 
Um, there really is uh, no news on a season two uh, right now. Um, it's something where we are um, waiting to to hear. They are in the writing room. They are talking um, right now about um, uh, you know various things that they could do in regards to mapping out the world. So they are. There is there, hope. There, there is hope, everybody. So so just just keep keep your eyes and ears open. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's it, really. That's the that's the the final thing. Um, we're going to give some shout outs on, on, on the Twitter, on the Twitter, on the Twitter, um, Bane, what can we say? You gave us a jingle, yeah. uh, you, you talked crazily and gave us some, um, incredible theories some and lots of fascinating little tidbits of information as well. Absolutely. You, you've, you've, you've done us, uh, uh wonders o- over the, uh, over the weeks, um, trying to pull this all together. The uh, 11 weeks it will be by the time this goes out, which yeah. is, uh, which is incredible. Um, uh, so Bane, thanks so much for for giving everything you've got in regards to your theories and thoughts and everything as well. Um, uh, I'm just I, it's very hard for me to go through. This. Uh, Marie Eaton Smith, uh, you, you've again another person who's been uh, a big fan of the show and a big supporter overall um, uh, of us from there. I'm really hoping I'm not going to miss anybody here as well. You're going to. Uh, I'm definitely going to miss somebody. Um, Eva I'm, Stalker needs a shout. Eva out. Stalker, of course. <laughs> uh, you, you were a little bit later on joining us on Twitter, of course, and and um, but but you know thank God you did because you managed to take a joke um, uh, quite well. Um, uh, and Angela Thompson, of course. Angela, you you were kind of one of our our first um, um, Twitterers. 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 So Angela Thompson, thanks so much for for listening and all your. You've been the kindest on Twitter before us. Just everyone else. Everyone else been all horrible. No, no. You've been you've been very supportive and very positive, Angela, and and we really do appreciate the kind words. Very much so. Yord Scott followed us. Oh, hey. And they've retweeted many things. So thanks, Yord Scott. Cheers, Yord Scott. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, uh, Alexander Kantsjo. Um, I don't know what that is. Edge Lake. Um, you, you mentioned a few times. It's very good. Uh, Sir Shaker, of course. Thank you so much um, for some of your kind words um, uh, speaking to us. Uh, I'm just looking through these various Twitter people. Philip. Um, I can't really mention you. That's ridiculous. That's cheating. That's just cheating, isn't it? Um, uh, let's have a look. Are you going to keep this channel? This uh, absolutely. This, 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 thing this, this will this will keep on going. Good. Uh, no matter what. Um, let's have a look. Who else have we got here that have spoken to us? Um, Arvid Bjorn. Arvid. Yes, of course. Of course, Arvid, uh, <laughs> Henrik's brother. Thank you so much for for um, uh, you know dropping us a line every so often. Um, Savvy dropped us a line a few times as well. Uh, is there anyone else? Anyone else? Uh, I think that maybe you yeah you can't don't go through everyone's no, tweeted us. I but mean the, reg, the regulars I think yeah yeah the regulars I, I'm sorry if I didn't mention you but you know just just tweet us and and we'll you know, we'll you know just ignore it get over it um so <laughs> so guys um that's it that is it we we wanted to say thank you so much for for taking the time to listen to this um i i know we've mentioned this on every podcast possible about you know what this was this this was um being quite honest this was for me uh i've been wanting to do a podcast for about two years and i've just never known what to do it on i've just been like what subjects am i going to do i'm going to do on wrestling probably well at some point um (laughs) not right now um uh but you know when the opportunity came up to 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 do this um i was like this is something i think i could really get into and um 
it was something that I never thought would ever in a million years get as many listeners as it's got. And, and you know, the, the, the love we've had from, from a lot of people in the production and from fans of the show. And, and to be honest with you, of course, this will this will go on forever. This this podcast, you probably listening to you could be listening to this in 2016. You could be listening to this in 2017, even uh, going back. And that's I suppose go- once it's on the Internet, it's just it, out there, isn't it? It so- is. You sound like a granddad singing. Yeah, that, of course. No, that's true. Yeah. Um, and of course, James. I want to thank you, sir, for, for joining me and, and debating with me and uh, just basically arguing with me everything and being <laughs> quite the master of bullshit. I, well, I'm hurt by that. Yeah, I, you are incredible at it. Um, and um, uh, I, I think we've had some, some good bants. Good bants, yeah. Hashtag good bants. Hashtag good bants yeah. on the show. Um, uh, of course, everyone all over the world that have been listening, um, which has been very strange for us, of course, uh, probably, biz- bizarre. Probably worth me mentioning at least a small doff of the cap to you. I'm anxious not for this not to become some back-slapping crap. That's fine. Crap, That's but, fine. Um, some of the interviews that you did were all right. Uh, <laughs> some of the access you got to some of the people was okay. Thanks. And I remember in episode four, and the audience actually remember in episode four, I think you made a, uh, a good point, which... Um, and, and fair play to you for that. What was episode four? Um, you said so. I can't remember what it was. I don't know if anyone can. But now I know that you definitely have made one or two good points over the last 11 weeks. <sighs> I think credit where it's due. I think the audience will agree with me in saying congratulations on leading it. Um, Thank you. On discovering the talent to fill the pod with you. Yep. And on, on delivering. Thank you so much. Well, top draw podcasting. I'm I'm hoping that you guys have all enjoyed this. I'm hoping you guys have enjoyed the podcast. Um, we, you know, overall, it's been uh, a great thing, and I'd rather. Um, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> I was going to say. I'm just rambling on now. I'm in <laughs> auto mode. Uh, it's it's obviously been a work of passion, and I, I hope that in some way, shape, or form, it was going to reflect. Um, the the passion the guys made the project with that yeah. was that was all it was about yeah. was uh, doing something to a, a bunch of people that I uh, have no I, right intruding have into the no lives right of. intruding <laughs> the lives of but they have been you know exceptional in spending the time talking about it yeah. you can see the passion time and time again and uh, a few of those people I am extremely extremely fortunate enough now uh, to call friends which is quite nice. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna put that there. Yeah. Um, so this is it. This is the the final wrap up. What I will say with the podcast wrapping up now and the Twitter account, you know, we, we're still gonna be there on Twitter, of course. If you guys want to drop us a line, we've said time and time again there may be the odd random podcast we put out. I, I don't know when or where, but it will happen. <laughs> it may be something where in November of this year or March you next just get year, a pop up on you your suddenly phone get something say, coming up going, hey, what the fuck? I mean, what I will say is that if there is news about season two, I'm going to get the interview first with those guys talking about it. <laughs> so I'm going to be the first person to break that news. I'm going to be sitting there saying, here you are, you motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll make sure to get back from that. And I'm sure there'll be the odd interview here and there with people that we can try and get on the show. Yeah. Um, but ideally, we, we potentially will look for season two. If we decide we can bear each other anymore and maybe look at another show, I don't think we could potentially do that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if we can do, uh, you know, Fortitude, which you know, don't really like that much. Um, <laughs> but uh, I had a, you had a go at me for Fargo earlier. Oh fuck it! Who yeah, cares? Um, it's the last bit. Okay, guys. Final wrap up. Final final wrap up. Um, 
I think I'm just going to say goodbye. I think that's it. It is a very thankful, um, big shout out. Thanks to everyone um, who have listened to the show and have taken part in the show, uh, the podcast show, of course, and the normal show. Um, and um, goodbye from me. Oh, wait a minute. That's okay. Uh, goodbye from me, Daniel Perry. <laughs> and that's it. and a, a, a less wordy but no less emotionally charged goodbye from me James as well ribs and shoes ribs and shoes ribs and shoes and uh, and here we are at the end of the road the end of the road it's the very end of the road the last um, tack where we basically uh, have um, a, a, a corpse of a rat slash crow on the front of our grill <laughs> Uh, and of course, maybe uh, anything else. I don't know. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, we will catch you. Do you know what? We will catch you down the road. Tack. Tack. Remember, Cuba is evil. <laughs> Skriv